You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
Okay, let's get down to it, poppers. Ah, Mr. Donald Fagan. Solo. So he could get away from that Steely Dan sound that has him boxed in and do his solo sound. Donald Fagan, artist of the day. Uh, there's some gossip thing running back and forth where he was either quoted or misquoted in Rolling Stone about Dylan and the road and but I just can't believe that we're still at that point. They love it. They love getting shit like that out there. They love just having that one little tag, that one little thing. Character assassination is what I call it. Where they just yelled, you fucked up. <laughs> the uh, ESPN, I'm watching ESPN today, and it is basically, you know, just a, <coughs> like a, a crime block this week. You know what I mean? Just one <laughs> criminal thing after another. But what kills me is they want this uh, pouncy kid in Miami to come out and apologize. Still, the one twin apologized for his free Hernandez shirt. No! The other hasn't. And they want him to apologize. But it's his old roommate. Why would he think that the guy is guilty? Maybe he doesn't think that the guy is guilty. I the, first, the one who the twin who apologized, you fucked it up for your boy, for your brother. But who cares? It was a week ago, almost more than a week ago, that these kids were, were caught with a fucking hat. Yeah, I won't even know if they's caught. It was Twitter. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, they are allowed to believe that their friend is innocent. No, I don't see how that's a crime. They're not on the jury, so they have nothing to do with it. And I, I don't know ESPN. Uh, is so excited because training camp is open. So already they're after the quarterback, the coach, to give their opinions. Their opinions really don't matter. Uh, I don't think anyone thinks that the Patriots were involved in any kind of illegal gang activity. What's the whole deal? I need Bray's opinion on a triple homicide. I need to know what he thinks about it, you know? And uh, Brady actually said this. Look, my commitment is the people here. This team is going to win and lose by the guys that are in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, he's got this prepared statement. That doesn't mean shit. It's all fucking nonsense. And if he said, like, oh, I think Hernandez is guilty. Or if he gave, like, a, I don't know, his actual opinion of the matter, whatever it may be. They would lose their minds. They would go crazy. He'd get fined or something. Yeah, if he actually said to himself, look, the dude who was fucking around is also an asshole. They're both assholes. This is how people get killed. Again, who cares? They fucking need, focus on sports a little bit. They need sound bites, and it's fucking building up even more because today he has like a hearing at 2 p.m. Well, now it just makes you Fernandez. wonder, do uh, sports reporters wish they were actual journalists you know what i mean are they embarrassed by the fact that they you know have to deal in stats and do they really wish they could have you know the political b at least some of them have to be really frustrated by it. like they're literally dealing stock answers 
where it, it's, nothing's ever really being told. It's just the same four things said over and over again in various different times during a, during a season or off the season. But we force these guys to say those things because if they say anything, that's real. Like, uh, Donald Fagan may or may not have given his opinion. He claims Rolling Stone blew it out of his proportion of what he thinks of Dylan's writing l- later. The fact of the matter is, what is the difference? It's still just one dude's opinion. Why should he have to shut his mouth or apologize or back up? It's just dumb. I think think they would like to be serious reporters, but where they get into trouble is the people that they're seriously to report on, they're also fans of. It would be like a reporter. You could say the same thing in, in politics, though. And you could say the same thing in business. Most of the time, if you're going to interview greatness, you have your own feelings about it. Sometimes you're a fan, and sometimes you don't like that person because they've done better than what you would think. But you can't act like there's reporters out there following Obama who are not fans of Obama. And you can't act like um, the Fox reporters aren't out-and-out fans of Ronald Reagan's. You know what I mean? That's also part of... We think that somehow that there can be a report on truth, but, you know, all truth is also somewhat slanted. And everyone has decided that this Hernandez kid is guilty. Enough that makes me believe he's probably guilty. But he still deserves a fair trial. And no matter what any of us think about him. You know, it goes back to that Zimmerman case. As angry as you were about that Zimmerman case, it was going to come down to the jury. As angry or as false angry as people are about this fucking uh, Hernandez case, it's going to come down to um, a uh, a jury. Uh, that's it. You're not going to be able to get out of it. It's go- that's where it's going to come down. Not what the fuck the quarterback, the coach, or the other linemen have to say. It's dumb. They just they just want to have these sound bites to to be- basically like like what they're doing to the pouncy kids. Yeah. They just they want that, but not with the pounce. They want it with a fucking marquee fucking name. And really, as far as being fans of uh, sports guys, I think there's very little of that. Be I think just the opposite. I think it's jealousy. Like you might take Ba, and he might have some sports heroes, but most forty or forty-five year old guys making sixty thousand dollars a year are pretty going to be pretty fucking hard on the twenty-three-year-old guy making twenty million dollars a year. They fucking think that these guys are babies and bitches, and and they treat them that way. Um, here is uh, Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fest show. You know, buddy, there's a school of thought that says um, sports reporting is the purest form of reporting because it's the one thing we all kind of watch and are direct participants in. Well, see, I disagree with that because sports reporting is no longer about the game that happened. It's the game that's coming up. So they are actually reporting the future now. There's very little sports reporting about what took place in a game. That game is now fuck fish. It's thrown out, it's done, and no one cares, and we start projecting our opinions on the next game. So, if you if you have a thing where all right, the new uh, the Nets are these new fucking guys. Yeah. What are we talking about? Their whole season to come. Does this mean they are going to play? 
if they lose to the 76ers in the first five games, right, then it doesn't be like, here's what the 76ers did to beat the Nets. It's going to be, what does this mean to the rest of the Nets season? <laughs> you know what I mean? It has nothing to do with the actual game. Very few times will you sit down and go, here's the strategies that Rex Ryan used to uh, beat the Ravens, it's all about the next game after that. No one cares why the Ravens lost. They lost, they, they now suck, and the rest of their season's destroyed. I remember when I was telling you guys that the Ravens were making their move, yeah. and because I happened to have been watching their games, all you guys yelled at me because that was what you were hearing from ESPN. No way! It, it wasn't <laughs> happening, but I'm like, I'm watching these guys. And the fucking defense is coming on. I now think that they're going to the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, the Bark is like, Flacco. Yeah, yeah, because that's what you heard from other people. That's what. So now here's another show that's being influenced by what was heard on ESPN. Instead of, you know, wanting to say, hey, I'm going to look. And have my own opinion. It's just like, how quickly can I get to a mic and repeat another opinion that's already out there? And that's what we're doing this Hernandez shit. None of us have looked into it. We're just hearing shit, so we're already deciding. That's what happened with the Zimmerman case. Most of us decided that our TV network of choice has felt a certain way. And we were going to jump into it. People that watched the trial saw that there wasn't really a case under the Florida law. Lawyers looked at that and said, this does not look good for the prosecution. They haven't put together a good case. No one wants to hear that because race in America, or all these Emotion. other things that they can talk about, uh, which makes it not about that uh, case. Uh, Psycho Bob, you're on the run of Fest show. Hey, yeah. Uh, good afternoon, or good morning, boys. Uh, but look at the quality reporting on ESPN. They did that. Uh, they they hung that uh, assistant basketball coach from Syracuse without really any evidence, you know, about child molestation. The man, the the linebacker from Notre Dame. They never bothered to check any of the sources. They bought into his story. They had him all being this wonderful guy with this horrible story. They did really lousy reporting. Well, the, the fact of the matter is if you watch ESPN, you will see who the reporters are and who the opinion guys are. And the opinion guys get a lot more time, just like on Fox or MSNBC. They're, uh, they're reporting on... The, they do have reporters on those cases. Most of the time, those people don't get an hour to yell out, what if this happened? What if this actually happened? They, well, they don't want that. They don't want the reporters fucking talking. But I, think, I, think, I feel like they've, I'm sure, done the research or whatever, and they're yeah. interested in ratings, so they, they want to put the guys on there to fucking scream crazy but shit. This is the interesting thing. If you're following this Hernandez case, right? Yeah. The cops aren't taking a look at the owner. They're not taking a look at the quarterback. Or, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. They think that this is one guy... And shit that he was on in his spare time. Just like if we found out somebody from one of the radio stations here was arrested because he was involved in a, a, a drug ring. The cops aren't going to go, how far does this go into Sirius XM? Let's take a look at the vice president. You know, they would think, here's a guy who works a job, and when he ain't, got involved in some gangster shit. Yeah. But if... 
you had the kind of reporting we have on TV, they would immediately go, this is Cousin Brucey. Does this touch Cousin Brucey in any way? The cops would never even think that way. That's how crazy that we've uh, gotten. Um, Brian in Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, man, how you doing today? Good. Uh, so I know it's fucking dangerous to get into, like, hearsay, but uh, so the Boston, like, sports sports radio shows have been, like, so Belichick's supposed to have a 2 o'clock press conference today with his Matter of fact, coincidentally, at the same time as Hernandez is hearing today, um, but the talk up here has been all about like what kind of explanation Belichick owes and shit, and like you've got these sports radio guys up here just like hemming and hawing about Belichick owes us such an explanation, and it's like well, Belichick is is going team. out today because I think the rest of the guys are coming in tomorrow, so right. he wants to get in front of it, or the Patriots want to get in front of it. So that the guys could say, "Look, you heard from Belichick. We, you know, we knew nothing of this. Let's move on. We've got right. a game in forty-five days or whatever." Right. But the problem, my my point is, like the the sports media guys up here, are all about like what's going to be enough. Like if Belichick goes out there and grumps and groans his way through a press conference like he always does, these guys are going to kill him because he didn't say anything. If he gets out there and he says. I knew Aaron was a bad guy. I messed up. Then they're going to be all over him for being bad management. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. There's uh, they already know there are. There's nothing you can do with this whole thing. What's yeah, there I to just, fucking say? The guy was a mad fucking crazy animal. The guy was just fucking psychopath. He right. possibly killed three people. It's not on Belichick. Look, if football is a game of controlled violence. It's not out of the realm that every once in a while becomes uncontrolled violence. Somebody hits their wife. Somebody beats up someone in a fucking traffic uh, bang up. I mean, I, I don't see what's so shocking about it. Every every fucking off season, yeah. there there's that fucking there's a stat between start of training camp and the end of the season of how many NFL guys have been arrested. It happens every single year between Dewey's fights, whatever drugs. Yeah, but here's the thing: you're also not looking at. The same stats for every guy between the ages of 20 and 29. They're also not the best that you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they are, but guys that are like in their 20s now get arrested for fights where when they were 15 and 16, they didn't. You know, yeah. they could have a fight and go home. Now they beat up someone and a jaw breaks instead of a black eye. Um, particularly. In the economic realm that these guys are coming out of, where you're looking at a lot of poor kids who suddenly got money, it doesn't mean that they suddenly become, you know, suburban, responsible, responsible guys. <laughs> There's no reason for it to happen that way. And these guys that get Dewey's, uh, the Jets will say, wherever you are, we'll send someone to pick you up. We're not going to ask you what you're doing. It could be 2 o'clock in the morning and you're drunk. If it's 4 o'clock in the morning, call this number. They have a fucking number. <laughs> Wherever you are in the tri-state area, within fucking 10 to 15 minutes, we will have a car there to take you to your house, and it's on us. We'll pay. Still doesn't keep those guys from starting their own fucking car. It just fucking happens. It's just what fucking young dudes do. And all this other shit 
It falls by the wayside. It's it's maddening. It's just so fucking angry to hear people say like, "Oh, what what responsibility do the fucking Patriots have or whatever?" For something a guy does on his off time or that they should have known because he went to the fourth round in the draft. He went to the fourth round in the draft because he got fucking caught smoking weed. How many well, fucking guys? What they're the guy- already saying now is Fuck. that if you're smoking weed, it already means that somehow that you're fucking violent. They just did that with Trayvon. That they're going, hey, you never broke brought up that the kid smokes pot. That's the way we fucking play the game. Well, days. now the NFL even wants to start looking at tattoos for uh, got kids coming into the league. They want the police to inspect a draftee's tattoos to see if there's any gang affiliation there. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were really past the tattoo prejudice in this country. They're so commonplace now that now it's if you're ink, you have ink on you, you're automatically have to be looked at as a suspect. Well, wasn't it a certain type of ink, though? Like if you have gang fucking signs? Because the military has to deal with the same thing. You know what I mean? Like they're going there, there's gangs in the military now. Well, those, those guys were gang related before they got into the military. You know? Uh huh. Um, it's not that hard to believe that some guys who go into the military or some guys who go into football. Uh, have spent a life kicking ass leading up to that point. You know, no one wants to sit around and talk about us, the fans. No one wants to go, what kind of people <laughs> consider this violence to be entertainment? It's the same thing that we did the other day with Boom Boom Mancini. Um, people went, oh, look what he did. But no one says, what kind of people are we that we want to sit down and watch a fight? You know, we are people who enjoy violence. Mancini's brother was a fucking uh, a strong arm in that town. Mancini might have ended up doing that if he didn't go into boxing. Who is to say, I mean, is it boxing to blame? Or, you know, does sometimes boxing save people from that life? Is sports to blame? Is it not? Uh, I would even go this far. No one ever sits down and go, maybe us watching a violent sport every Sunday frees us up from going out and being violent ourselves. Maybe this fucking controlled way of doing it is a lot better than I'm going to go tell I'm going to go kick my neighbor's door in and throw that fucking stereo into his pool because I can't put up with it anymore. You know, we we don't know. But you would not want to know if you were a football team if your guy came in with gang signs fucking inked into his Arms? I, I w- well, I I think you're giving him millions of dollars on whether he makes it or not. How many things do you think they're looking in before they make that draft pick? What do you think that costs the team, and what do you think it's worth to them to check out every aspect of that fucking guy's life? I think do a background check if there's something violent in there, address that. But just don't go by you know what the ink is on him. So if a guy came in here. And he and you're saying you don't have prejudice when it comes to tattoos. But if he had a tattoo that said Pagan Motorcycle Club, right? You wouldn't think to yourself anything? That wouldn't mean any different to you than if you saw like a Roadrunner tattoo on him? Um, I, it would, no. I mean, because I would just be basing it on what he did in college. What if he had a swastika on his arm? Does that prejudice you in any way? That would prejudice me, yes. Because that is a what? Nazi symbol. Right, I know that, but what, how would that be different than if it was a gang symbol? Well, what they're worried about doing is that there's gang signs that they don't fucking know what they are right now. 
and you probably don't know what they are, and there's no reason for you to, because that's not your world. It's not their world either. What they want to know is, if I get a guy in here, is he going to be able to do his seven years, or whatever the fuck we want him for? You wouldn't be prejudiced if a guy had a tattoo that said marriage is for straight people? That wouldn't change the way you thought about him? That would change the way I thought about him because I would think that I I wouldn't think of his violent past, but I would think, all right, is this some a prejudiced person that's going to be representing my team? That's exactly what they're talking about though. Um that's exactly what they're saying. Can we get everything we can on these fucking sociopaths? <laughs> Do we know if we can keep them in the fucking box? These people now, I have so many people that tell me, this tattoo represents this, this tattoo represents that, this this arm here is a story of my life. It's a Facebook page. It's the same as if you went and looked at their Facebook page now. <laughs> They're fucking nervous because we, uh, as sports fans, for whatever reason now, immediately blame the team on a DUI, on a guy who slaps his wife, whatever it happens to be. It's outrageous. And this is what sports fucking TV has kind of come. Um, here is um, Ken. Ken, you're on the Run of Fez show. <laughs> Fez, he got you. That's exactly correct. He just he walked out Nazi, and left. a Nazi tattoo from his college days. You would you would automatically feel that way. He got you. And what I'm saying is that it's it's uh, his responsibility of his behavior, the tattoos he gets. Belichick's responsibility is to field a championship team. Hernandez. Well, but see, here's the way that you can look at it. Because by the way, I don't know how much Belichick has to do with the draft or whatever. But this because this guy wasn't babysat hurts his championship chances. This fucking guy could play quite a few positions on the offense. No one ever knew where he was going to go. He's really good. Was he going to be a tight end? Was he going to be in the backfield? Was he lining up like a wide receiver? And now that's gone. Yeah, now they have... I mean, Gronk is just fucking so banged up. And now with that, Hernandez is now totally gone. But, you know, these teams now... And it didn't used to be this way. It used to be you showed up, you played in the summer year of your own. They would tell those guys, make sure you run... It's twenty. It's twelve months a year now, and they want someone to find out if that fucking guy's eating ice cream at night. You know, like yeah. why are we doing all this shit if you're going to sit down and eat a half gallon of Hagen Dazs, <laughs> you motherfucker? Under this a lot is of how pressure. close, though. These games are so close. I mean, that game last year at the Super Bowl. Yeah. That pass goes one other way. 49ers. Or if a flag goes down on that fucking play, which could have happened. Yeah. That's it. They it comes down to, to one play. There's no there's no dominant teams anymore. You know, we were ready to say the Packers are a dominant team. After that win, now, yeah. now they're an also red. They it's are so not getting any preseason hype whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I talked to people about the Packers. They're like, yeah, fucking, they're not going to do anything. They're going to, uh, Rogers going to get killed because there's no offensive line. So that, because there's no, no O-line, totally out. Fucking uh, the Packers and we no were chance. what two years ago wondering if that team was going to go undefeated. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, the fucking greatest quarterback of this generation or whatever of any generation. <laughs> He's the greatest quarterback who's ever lived in the history of the world. And why isn't he our president? 
Well, he's only got one ring, and that imaginary belt is. Um, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk a little criminal stuff. There is another Netflix thing. I didn't know about it. Hicks turned me on to it called Orange is the New Black. And I watched the first couple episodes. It's good as fuck. I'll tell you what this is, fellas. Ladies in prison. Hot. Ladies in prison. So hot. Netflix is smart. Yeah. <laughs> Opens with a shower scene. <laughs> Ladies in prison. Um, Natasha Leone is on the show. She plays a junkie in prison. You know her story very well. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, she did the Woody Allen's Everyone Says I Love You, Slums of Beverly Hills, uh, But I'm a Cheerleader, and then her own run-ins with the laws and substance abuse uh, made her kind of a page six poster child for a while, right? Yeah, she showed up all the time. And actually, she was in one of the craziest fucking movies I've seen in my entire life. Caught at 3 a.m. in HBO a few years ago. Called uh, Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. It was with Vincent Gallo was in it. There, there you go. <laughs> and it's seriously one of the craziest guided movies I've ever seen. It was like a modern retelling of Hansel and Gretel. Wasn't she in one of the other big... Um... She was in American Pie. Okay, there's the one. American Pie. Because I never watched those, but they, they were enormous, right? Oh, yeah, gigantic. Um, so she's going to be stopping in uh, in just a uh, a couple minutes. Um, she took three years off recovering from a heart condition, hep C, and methadone treatment. She's also a terrific actor. Hell yeah. Love Slums in Beverly Hills. You know, my favorite is Everyone Says I Love You, where Woody Allen does that musical, but none of the people really sing well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like if regular people just broke into song. And it's actually one of the more beautiful New York uh, movies that you'll ever see. He's got Blue Jasmine open up this week. Yeah, New York. Uh, and LA. Dice is in it, and Lucy Case in it. And I'm hearing really good things. I haven't had the chance to see it yet. Yeah, the, the trail looks amazing. Everyone's saying it's, it's great. Mm. Yeah, I did see the trailer. Who's the big starlet in that? She's uh, she's always good, no matter what she does. Yeah, it's um, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I love that woman. And Alec Baldwin in as well. Star Alec started. B. Uh, a friend of mine who's a conservative here said that Alec was on Howard yesterday, and he's really good. He was really funny, and he was great. And he goes, I like Alec. You know, I I give him a pass on his politics. He's got a right to his politics. He goes, you know, I'm the same way Barbara Streisand. I hate her politics, but she's a great singer. you got to give people, you know, entertainers a pass. I go, well, you'd have to do that if you were conservative, right? <laughs> Who would you possibly like? Nuge. Yeah, you got Nugent and those Nashville guys. James Woods is, is, is he, I think he's, a, isn't he James a big, Woods is conservative. conservative. Uh, I think, well, Bruce kind of turned his back on it in the last election. But Vince Vaughn is the new really? it guy for the conservatives, yeah. <laughs> It's good to get for them. Yeah. Um, here is um, Kevin in Boston. You're on the Run of Fest show. 
Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Good. Um, the thing with Belichick, I mean, Belichick runs the whole draft. I've been a season ticket holder from when the Patriots were horrible and three wins was a good year. But he runs every aspect of that team. I mean, Kraft has very, very little involvement. And losing Hernandez is not going to be that big of a deal. Well, that's the other funny part of it. I mean, I don't know. We we really won't know until we see what he puts together this year. Again, yeah. it's a guessing game. And the only reason why this is coming up is because Gronk is He's had so, multiple so, surgeries. Um, but, the, but the oh. fact of the matter is, if this guy was out with an ACL, I don't think the press would be talking about What's going to happen to the Patriots this year? No, they're like, all right, they'll get a piece to replace them, whatever. They're going to do whatever they got to do. Because yeah. any team can lose a guy to the ACL. How many years did we sit around in Philly hearing uh, about what they were going to be, and then Mike Vick goes down? Uh, the RG3 thing? Now they're saying he's probably not going to play any preseason games. They're going to save him till the season. Yeah, they just cleared him for practice, but Shan- I don't think Shanahan's going to use him in any way possible. And then if he does it, and, you know, how rusty does he come into that sport? The fact of the matter is we don't know. The guy could have a tremendous year, or yeah, he could have been, you know, one of those Linsanity kind of... <laughs> he had it his time. God, that would be... Tebow, whatever. That'd be so great just to fuck with the Redskins fans. <laughs> like, they you get just, that fucking one run and then he's done. <laughs> look, I did not give the kid the benefit in the beginning of the season. I go, you're not going to come in in a rookie and dominate. And then he did. But, you know, you just can't get played up in the in the myth of it. you got to really say what exactly is happening. He's um he's not long for regardless even if he has a, if he comes back and does well he's he can't, he's not long for the fucking NFL. I would have said that, but AP coming back with that ACL thing last year, I I would bet cash money he might have ran for three hundred yards <laughs> of the season, four fifty. Yeah. First first game he gets two touchdowns, and yeah. then the last half of the season it's like two fifty, one eighty, one fifty, two fucking seven. Like what the fuck? He was just. Unstoppable, and that was an impossible thing to happen. And I don't care what Dave's kid says. I was glad to have him in here. That kid's got a real problem with AP. I don't know why. Race? Wow. That young? Is that the way Dave raised him? I guess it's instilled in him, huh? Yeah. You got the Dave thing tonight? Yep, Dave Mecca, sports program on riotcast.com. Cues this kid of being a racist. See where that takes you. (laughs) Okay. Put it out there. All right, I'm going to throw it out there tonight. Put that Stanley- out there when you guys do the potpourri time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bring something up. Um, your son, racist, go. <laughs> I saw him in the room with AP. One one thing where he got restless, so we assume race had to do with it. I'm sure he was sat there nice for Tebow. Oh, my God. God-loving Tebow. Starting tight end for the New England Patriots. Wouldn't it be great if Tebow just makes us all forget about Hernandez? <laughs> And then I'll he, start T-bowing. And then maybe he gets a murder charge. Um, Matt, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think would happen if um, if uh, if Hernandez walks? You know, let's say they run through trial. He, he'd go to another team. Him. He's not. He's done with the Patriots. That's over. And it would be best for him and the Patriots. All right, uh, Netflix fans. What is this? The third big thing that they've got out now third big uh, series yeah all, all original and um 
This one could be my favorite so far. Orange is the new black. Ladies in prison. Uh, she plays uh, a junkie in prison. Let's bring in Natasha Leone. That is the theme from Orange is the New Black. This is the third time uh, Netflix has pulled off a big series like this. Going into this, I had no idea what to expect. Natasha, I saw the first two episodes, and it's really good. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. It's very exciting. It's really amazingly a big series with a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. I was not ready to to see that take place. Yeah, the scope of the show is huge. I'd yeah. say on a week-to-week basis, that's what's most exciting as uh, as an actor. Like, you don't have a lot of time to think about usual sort of like uh, like actress bullshit. You know, like yeah. your, your hair and your makeup or something. You really, the the size of it and the, the, the talent of the cast. That's kind of like so across the board. I mean, there's not like a shitty actor in the mix yeah. and which is so rare, you know? And uh like these episodes are just huge. Yeah, they do the flashbacks so yeah. you're back in their personal life and you and you start to look around and you're going, Damn, how big does this get? you know? Yeah. I mean, you can go and in I any mean, direction they, now. And now they can just keep I mean, I I think we I mean we have these amazing writers and obviously the mind of Jenny Cohan behind it all and it's just, you know, it's really lucky and rare. I mean, for me, it's I mean, working with like really people that are this uh, gifted and, and brilliant, you know, it's, it's so much fun. It yeah. just makes it a much more uh, rewarding experience. It makes it um, easy to, you know, you just end up focusing on the right things. And it makes it very satisfying. Where'd you shoot this at? Where's we the shoot in Astoria in a, in a studio. And it's crazy because it looks yeah. like you're in a prison the whole well, time. Well, so those are the interiors. Yeah. And then the exteriors of the prison are a defunct children's psychiatric facility in uh, Rockland County. Right. Which is super eerie, sort of like uh, The Shining. Like mm-hmm. you can feel maybe there's some asbestos lurking in every corner. Right. And like a stray teddy bear and like a swing, a rusted swing set that's like uh, one of the chains has come undone. Yeah. You just picture like, I mean, it's so tragic. You can feel it on the walls and they've done it up with kind of barbed wire and that sort of thing. And we shot over like that real New York winter. Remember all those snowstorms? Yeah. Everything? It's pretty intense. Yeah, that kind of ugliness sets the depression level perfectly, you know? I mean, it does, it's not hard for you to look at this thing and go, all right, I'm there. I guess just seeing it, yeah. you know, you go there. Yeah, they've done a wonderful job. They yeah. really, and we had uh, this great DP, Vanya, and it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's a high-caliber show. It's really, 
It's a really good thing. I mean, I've only seen the first episode because I was mm-hmm. scared to, you know, we go back to work on Monday for the second season. And so I was kind of scared to watch like all 13. I mean, I watch everything like I, you know, uh, uh, all in a row. I love to watch like five, you know, f- five uh, seasons in a yeah. row of shit. Um, it's amazing how that happens now, too, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you could sit down and go, oh, I'm going to put this series on hold for a couple of years yeah. and then watch it all. Yeah. Which is... Which is, a, yeah, I love doing that, which is probably what I'll end up doing with this show, just because, I don't know, I mean, I don't know what other people do, I've never done a series before other than Pee-wee's Playhouse, and I was so young then, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. these kind of big questions, but I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to mess with it by getting in my head about it, you know, um, yeah. and... Uh, so I just, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. I mean, what I would see on set on a daily basis, like in the monitors and stuff, it would just be incredible, like watching other people and just seeing how good they are. It's like kind of everybody upping the bar constantly. Yeah. Does that change your head for you? You're like, all right, let's go, you know, now that this is where we are. I mean, I remember the very first day of shooting, you know, when I was still terrified. Like certainly by, you know, episode 13, I would be more like... Like, are you guys aiming at my vagina? I see that you (laughs) guys are saying this is a close-up, but I would be like, you know, just um, messing with, like, the camera guys being like, stop aiming the camera at my vagina. I'm trying to act with my face for a change. And, like, there was a lot of that. And the producer has a really funny picture that she showed me of, like, um, where it's a picture of the monitor and my face. She was like, this was the day when you were convinced that we were only shooting for done. And I had to prove to you that the camera was actually on your face. Um, So, you know, by episode 13, it got sort of you get more comfortable and you know you can kind of Andrew Dice clay it up but uh in the first the first day I was just like terrified because it was like clearly such a good job and I was watching the monitor and I was watching that scene where like um the the girl that plays uh Yael you know I mean yeah. the girl that plays Lorna Yael, uh, Yael Stone um is, is the girl that I my girlfriend who's so great in it and it was she was doing it with like elizabeth rodriguez who's so amazing she was you know like totally nominated for the motherfucker with a hat and uh and taylor was in it and uh dash polanco and and anyway so i was like holy shit this is a serious fucking show i thought i remember like thinking to myself and uh do I like? I cannot mess around on this thing. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I watched that whole first episode without knowing it was Kate Mulgrew. And, oh and yeah, I'm she like, is brilliant. She was Russian, yeah. in this thing, and I mean, she just nailed it. Just I know. Nailed She's it. so talented; it's kind of ridiculous. Now you play a uh, junkie in yeah. this, and that's the reason why your character is in there for. Drug I mean, yeah, I think it's, essentially she's in there for drug stuff, and then, you know, hopefully this season we're going to get into some even more specifics, you know? Right. So you don't, you you yourself don't know specifically what your character did, whether she was holding, whether she was part of, you yeah. know, Yeah, I mean, I have on. some ideas from, yeah. like, kind of stuff that we've talked about. I mean, and... Uh, yeah, I think in a general sense, I think it's it's true. I mean, you know, uh, it's like people get high and people end up in jail. I mean, yeah. the, the statistics are there. And so I kind of like it makes sense to me. I, I sort of like know who this person is. Um, but I do think, yeah, we don't have like uh, the specific, you know, like the what got her arrested. I mean, though, really, I mean, like what gets like, you know, people like Robert Downey Jr. in prison for a minute right. is sort of essentially it's like drugs. That's I mean, yeah, it's really like uh 
Okay, well, all right. Maybe some low-level trespassing. Some well, low really, level, yeah. I mean, anybody, you know, criminal mischief. Anyone who's ever partied, right? Yeah. Anyone who's ever partied yeah. could have been that night where someone decides, no, yeah. this is, you know, you've gone too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it was criminal mischief in, in my real life, and that was... Uh, so, you know, and uh, I don't even know what that means, you know, right, <laughs> it yeah. was just basically like <laughs> I was high and being a troublemaker and then right. I was in jail. I mean, and like, luckily I got off. Maybe like, you know, maybe fucking Nikki didn't. So I think it was easy for me to kind of put my head in the game yeah, because without that, the specifics. Because that's not the only night you were doing yeah. that, you know, and everyone could say that. No, and when you're was, high, you're, yeah. I mean, you're pretty much existing in an illegal life 24 hours a day. Right. So pretty much you can be arrested constantly, which is why there's, <laughs> that's what accounts for all the paranoia. But exactly. It's legitimate paranoia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wonder why guys that, you know, do coke want to fucking, you yeah. know, lock the door. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not they a bad should idea. lock the door. It's illegal. Yeah. Here's the other fucking insight about drugs. They're actually bad for you and they kill you. Like, right. I think that's the other thing. That's like, I always forget that detail about drugs when I think back to them. But like, drugs are addictive and right. they kill you. That's what's bad about them. That's like the just say no campaign. Because I mean, the the other parts are like, oh yeah, but come on. It's just like, it's... Well, uh, well, here's the thing for me. I mean, I think it's wrong to put drug addicts in prison. I don't yeah. think it helps. But Robert Downey Jr. said... If he didn't go to jail, he probably never would have stopped doing drugs. Like, for yeah. him, that was the bottom. You know, that's what he personally needed. Yeah, I mean, I do think, uh, you know, I mean, uh, consequences and, you know, having things get real are uh, important. I just think that there is different. I think everything is uh, probably the issue with our, one of the many issues with our system is essentially that things are more of like a case-to-case -case basis sure. instead of just these broad strokes of, right. you know, like, for me, I don't know that it would have been so great. I mean, I, for me, like... You know, going to treatment for like a long time was good. I don't know that I would have fared that well in jail. I think I maybe would have been inclined to, you know, have to like pretend that being a tough guy even more or something right. to try to survive. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah. it would have been fine. Uh, What's weird now is most of the drug addicts in this country are yeah. legal drug addicts. You yeah, know, I think that's very weird. I mean, I would say that I still stand by i think everybody should try like you know acid or a mushrooms or right. something at least once in their life i mean i do think that that's kind of a weird thing to not have a single psychedelic experience in your life just to see that there's like that kind of life is functioning on many levels you right. know what i mean and not necessarily that you have to do that every day you have to be dennis hopper about it right but at least give it a whirl yeah you know and it's sort of like a non-addictive kind of like for a teenager i think it's kind of you know unless you go crazy then it's not too good see that's the thing i wish yeah. that i didn't do it as a teenager i wish i waited a while yeah and figured out what i thought this reality was before i went into the other yeah you know it's yeah, weird when you're 14 of, going, oh, yeah, no, I It's see. weird, but it's also like, I think it's also problematic if you're an adult and then you kind of get into sort of funny business and then you're like the creepy person mm -hmm. who's trying to hang out with 20-year-olds. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. you're like the divorcee <laughs> who's like... The you know, bringing home the, the, the crack horn. It's a little bit intense. <laughs> That's kind of a, the heavy vibe, too. So you or the really... guy who's like, I'm into ecstasy and right. business. Yeah, you know, right. I'm into, like, Wall Street and ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, those guys yeah, are. Yeah, those guys are kind of creeps. So yeah. in a way, at least when you're a teenager, it's kind of like it's all fair game. So what age are you saying there should be a certain age for experimentation, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to join in? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean... Uh, Maybe, maybe, uh, I feel like, like 17, something Sem there. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
For me, I started being a troublemaker at 15. It was pretty mm. innocent in those first few years, but it was complicated. I don't know that it helped me as a teenager. Yeah. But maybe even in your, like... Maybe even in your your 20s and, like, your first serious relationship, the one that you think is going to last forever where you're sure you're madly in love. Right. And, like, maybe that's a good one. Go up to Big Sur or something. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure for everybody it's different. But I do think it really helps. I mean, otherwise, what's going to happen to you? Taste in music? It's you know a, what I mean? Like, your taste in literature, you're going to be fucked. Right. And that's true. At that same yeah. time that you're experimenting with drugs, you, you're finding books that change your life. You're finding music that changes yeah. your life. And that's Sets you, that sets you up for the rest of your life. Yeah, you like know? it should be a rite of passage to do like acid in 2001. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't I don't want to meet the guy who saw 2001 for the first time when he was 25. Right. I don't want to meet that person. <laughs> Let alone the person who watched it for the first time when they were 35. <laughs> okay, I don't want to fucking meet you. I don't want to know you. I don't want, you know, I, it was very troubling. I recently saw that Kubrick exhibit uh, at the uh, LACMA or whatever and uh, I was with these two girls that like are real friends of mine that I really respect and they're like, Oh, yeah, I haven't seen all of these. It was a really intense moment for me. Like, I got very tense. I was like, can we still be friends? Can we still hang out? It, it is strange, isn't it? Yeah, when it's you... very weird. Yeah. You know, I do feel like there's a certain litmus test that goes, you know, with most uh, people. It's real basics. Like, I want you to know from, you know, whatever. Yeah, there is always a weird thing. That all somebody... men in Cassavetes and Kubrick. I mean, like, who, what the fuck? <laughs> Especially now when you meet, like, these young actors. And I'm like, am I supposed to give you a pass that you don't fucking know who these people are? Like, get it together. Yeah, because they, they uh, unless, but it's always funny, too, because it will, it will, for me, it'll stop a conversation. Yeah. If someone goes, oh, I, you know, the best band ever, and then I disagree with them. Right, and I'm they're like, like Green Day or yeah, something. Yeah. And Who you're like, really? I mean, you? and it's not even like to pick on something, but it's just like people that don't understand that. You know, this thing has been done and better and was probably the inspiration for the thing. Right. You know, that's, uh, you know, like, I'm sure, I mean, now for some reasons unknown, I'm attacking Green Day, but I, I'm just saying that I'm sure they are huge fans of whatever, Johnny Thunders. Or you know Johnny what I mean? Thunders and, and like, Lou Reed and all yeah, those like, things. Yeah, like, let's start at the yeah. Johnny Thunders and Lou Reed, and if you're just telling me that you like Green Day, I'm going to think that you're, you yeah. know, a mentally a bit of a retard. Uh, yeah, and if someone yeah. says to you, like, Lou Reed can't sing, you're done. That's Don't the, get me wall. started on yeah. Lou You know, Lou Reed, it turns out, is a huge fan of this show. I'm sure. And summoned me to meet me in talk to me about get out of here it was the most epic like day of my life had you met him before then no i mean like i'd seen him in passing as a right. new yorker but right. i never had the balls to say anything and it was like the heaviest day of my life i couldn't even believe it so you just get a call lou wants to talk to you yeah wow it was huge i mean i was like if like life had me like it was so life affirming i really really like a new very heavy way just the magic of uh you know, that this was sort of like the music that it kind of inspired me in a way to be a troublemaker that got me through those like late nights until like, you know, 10 a.m. and the sun's coming up and then 2 p.m. and still okay because it's like if you close the door, the night lasts forever. And like, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. You know, just shut the blinds. And I'm like, and then that kind of sort of like was there as I cleaned up my act and sort of like, Help me, like, to still, while I was uh, so awkward in my footing, to still feel like, all right, I can still be a cool guy. I still get it. And, like, Coney Island, baby, you know? And just, like, staring at the wall and chain smoking and trying to get through those uncomfortable feelings of, like, first cleaning up and, you know. And then to fucking meet him. I mean, I like, sit there and listen to his music with him. It just, it it blew my mind. I was just like, oh, this is kind of, like, 
you know, like the magic of a life that you sort of uh, stick around for. I, it was really one of those um, grounding moments of like, I need to have uh, like a reality check around. It's very lucky that I made it out alive, you know? Um, and he did, I mean, you, so did he. Yeah, yeah. You, it's the same path because people go, oh, he led a lot of people into drugs and out of drugs. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he, he never stopped being Lou Reed, in my opinion, you yeah. know, where, no matter where he was. And I still think maybe the coolest thing that he's ever done in his life is his wife. Yeah. I think that's about as impressive as it gets. Well, Laurie Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's about as cool as it gets. And those two just go off and, you know, create art yeah. forever. Yeah, he's a fucking phenomenon. Yeah. It's just it. I mean, he's everything. It's fucking Lou Reed. But anyway, so yeah, so I think it's uh, weird. If you don't know, it's like a basic like litmus test, 101. Like, I don't want to, I don't really care that, you know, you are wherever you didn't get a chance to discover. Look for it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's there. Find yeah. it. Yeah. Like, that's a problem with the internet. Nobody has to. Now we're actually turning into, like, two gradually old people. But that's, that's the problem with the internet. I'm going to tell you right now. These but, children but I would with say their that, iPhones and the texting, go find Lil Reed at the fucking record store. <laughs> right. You prick. But see, that's the other yeah. part of it. With the internet, they can get to some things quick. Yeah. And act like, oh, yeah, I've, I went and listened to a couple songs. But unless you have that thing that you're keeping in your life for a little while, like, I'm not even sure if the ebooks. Work yeah. yet because I think there's certain books for a young person you should be carrying around with you. Yeah, you like know? in your back pocket with yeah. like a fifth, you know? Right. Yeah. I know. You don't have to tell oh, me. That seems I'm... like I don't know whether you're getting it completely. <laughs> I was worried for a second. I just want to let you know. Yeah. But you know, I'm with you. Here's yes. the thing that is amazing. And the to teenage me, me yeah. is really <laughs> fucking with you. Yes. But, it, but here's what I didn't see coming mm -hmm. that a show like the one that you're doing now is. Probably better than what we're seeing in most independent film today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And boom, the whole thing gets released. And people are saying TV is better. But in a lot of ways, it's like you're getting a you know a six-hour movie. Like 13-hour movie. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's crazy. No one saw that one. Yeah, coming down. since Fanny and Alexander has a picture <laughs> this long, then that's terrific. Um, yeah, I mean... And it's and it's incredible to work on because it feels like that. It really feels like you're like you know, Kurt's in the jungle. You're going into the belly of the beast. It's like you're just getting in there for six months intensive. You're making this like epic film. It doesn't feel like episodes. It begins to feel like one long right. episode, you know, or uh, a movie. And you just start, you know. I, I think at least what I've heard also is that like we, we sort of get better as an outfit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, deeper into the season and probably because we're all start to really like strip away of sort of like the fear and the self-consciousness and we just you know i'm really excited to go into a second season with it it just feels like we're just going to keep getting deeper because like these girls really have the the depth you know i mm -hmm. think that they're um like there's some real human beings there and the, the writers it's it's so much fun to work on something like this i can't even say it. i mean speaking to somebody who's made a lot of i've definitely made some good things but i've also made a lot of these uh sort of uh you know never see the light of day kind of first time director yeah. features that seem like they're gonna you know they have a, a promising element like you know karen black is gonna be in it with me so it, there's some hope and, right but then you get there and they can't really shoot the movie and they, you never really see him you know so 
this is so so rewarding in in that sense. It feels like it's high quality. And now that you're getting the feedback, I mean, you're yeah. going to go back and say, "Hey, Lou called me," and you know, people yeah. dig. Well, I'm glad yeah. that you're going back and doing this. But I'm going to give you one last offer if you want to stay and co-host this show <laughs> with me into the future because we got so much to talk about. <laughs> Orange is the new black. Thank you so much on uh, Netflix. It's terrific, Natasha. I'll see you next time coming through. All right, right. Bye. thank you. I was so. Close the door. The night could last forever. Leave the sun shine out and say hello to never. All the people are dancing and they're having such fun. I wish it could happen to me. But if you close the door. I'd never have to see the day again if you close the door. The night could last forever. Leave the wine glass out and drink a toast to never. It's uh, odd when you see somebody that could have married Chris Stanley and. <laughs> She You're in New York, probably grew up around the same times yep. as you, mm-hmm. uh, and that is what New York used to really look and sound like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, you oh, you run into great. less and less of that uh, all the time. Well, she's amazing. She was. She's really cool. Shooting right in my neighborhood, probably Kaufman Studios. You ought to swing by. Hey, what's I can't up? believe that they shoot that in a studio because it looks like they're shooting in a jail the whole time. Uh, Orange is the New Black. It's up on Netflix. Uh, there's a, a scene, I believe it's first episode, where she's just fucking muff face into this <laughs> other chick in the, uh, in the shower. Uh, it's fucking wild, you know? Netflix knows what it's doing, man. It's coming up. I don't know how this keeps happening. I mean, a little while ago, we were just bragging about you know, HBO and Showtime, and thinking, look, they're they're fucking up the networks. Now you're somebody who's not even. I, I don't consider that TV. It can stream to a TV, but yeah, it's it's an, an, it's internet based. It's the internet. And how's it beating the shit out of NBC? And I mean, these uh, shows that would come on. And they're just beating the shit out of everything else. I mean, it's been said now plenty of times that we went from being kind of like a movie culture where you discuss movies, which I can't quite get over, uh, but into discussing TV shows, you know? They're calling like, they're calling like the third golden age of television or something. Who said that? Uh, what was uh, the liar. first golden age? First golden age was in the 60s. Second golden age was in the 80s. Third Golden Age is now. How was the eighties so good? I think, Miami Vice. I think because of the sitcom. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I, I was weirded out by that one, and and the sitcom and like uh, cop and doctor shows. Hour hour long drama. They also um, referenced. I can't remember thinking back like, oh, some kid. I wouldn't say to some kid, oh, you need to watch this TV show from the eighties. You know what I mean? I don't know what I would do if I was. NBC or, or CBS, other than maybe I'd stop making so much shit. They're, they're, they have to be just shitting in their pants. 
that they're, they're, NBC's got enough people fucking working for them. Uh, they're filling up the goddamn elevators here. And they have five floors of people, I guess, doing sales. I, I don't know what. I see them going to meetings sometimes. Don't you think that if you would have played your cards right, you could have been with her now? And you would be going to Lou Reed with her? <laughs> Instead of, I hate to say it, yeah. just fucking living in your life in the bottom of that fucking barrel, looking at old fucking torn up tickets that didn't come through. <laughs> Some fucking trifecta that you pictured in your mind happening. Hey, I got my Powerball right now, dude. I'm, I'm happy I know that you're looking at my vagina. I can fucking <laughs> tell, okay? I know what you dink. Did the Green Day thing hurt you, though? Not really. That made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> they, what they've become, I guess. And she was totally right, you know. No, I, I then she actually went back and said, look, just don't act like it started with Green Day. And yeah. she was fucking kinder to them. You know, she was kinder to Green Day. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have any Green Day beef either. Because <laughs> uh, there's too many little kids that just love them. I mean, Tidal Wave alone, come on. Um... Here's uh, Rob. Rob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ron. Uh, the Orange is New Black. I just uh, discovered that this week and just watched them all back-to-back -back and got through them. And I tell you, it's a great show. And the thing I like about Netflix is they're kind of doing a fuck you to the networks. The networks want them to release. You know, they keep pushing them to release how many people are watching each show, House of Cards and Orange. And they're not releasing that data. It's just like, screw you. We don't count like that. We're not getting into that same game y'all play about the ratings. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's ever important. It's really weird. There was a, uh, a fight this week between two of the conservative guys. Uh, Hannity was fighting with Morning Joe. I don't know. Somebody said something about somebody else. Morning Joe said something about Hannity. And Hannity kept coming back with... Uh, well, how's your ratings? And saying that his ratings were bigger. That's such, to me, a 1980s fucking bitch. I hate anyone to say something is the number one show on TV, so it must be good. It's almost the exact opposite of good. You know Look what I mean? Look how broad this is. It's great. Everyone yeah. loves it. Look how fucking harmless this is. The children can sit there and watch with their parents and grandma, and we could all be there together. I, I, when anyone brags about something being the number one movie, this has been funny. We're all supposed to be worried because four big blockbusters failed four weeks in a row, and I'm like, good. I hope they all fucking fail. I don't know. They might not be able to make $200 million fucking CGI movies anymore. Yeah, they have rocket ships fighting with fucking monsters. Why would I care? Why am I going to worry about Hollywood and their product? They're not doing shit for me anymore. It has gotten weird because now they seem to now they care more about the foreign fucking the foreign box office. That's the only thing breaking even these fucking movies. There's so, going to be a second Pacific Rim because of the overseas. Fucking yeah. So now movies. I'm supposed to feel better because fucking kids in Guatemala think that this is interesting. Um. Anyway, orange is the new black. Look, I'm with you. What? I'm not a fighting with you, okay? We're on the fucking same side. She's hysterical. She had a nice e-cig on her? Yeah, she was doing the e-cig thing. I don't know why Michael Rappaport had to throw her out of the apartment that time. I think everything worked out. 
We, she had her problems. Yeah. She was she went through a problem time. That's all. Everybody's had their problem time. Mm-hmm. We're going to judge them by that. Really? Because she's on Netflix now, and that doesn't seem like a problem to me. Do you? It's an interesting thing. Do you judge people by the worst things that they've ever done? Where it looks like here in New York City. With this wiener guy, people don't really give a shit. You mean Carlos Danger? <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. And by the way, around the country, this story is everywhere. So you know the fucking wiener lunatic who was a congressman? Brooklyn's own. Yeah, Brooklyn's own. Um, I can't remember if I knew a goddamn thing about him before the dick pics. I only knew him because he went to my high school. It's the only reason I would pay attention to Anthony Weiner. He went to my high school. Now, here's the deal. There's still more dick pics. There's still more texts. There's some other fucking uh, chick who came out with him. Some 22-year-old girl. And right now, this guy is running for uh, mayor of New York and seems to be leading in the polls. So, one of my neighbors at the coffee fucking shop says to me, uh, he fucked up. This is going to cost him. I go, why? The only reason why he's leading in the polls is because of the dick pics. No one would know this fucking guy enough that he should be leading in the polls. He shouldn't be. They just recognize his name. That he's trying to redeem himself is why he's... Or, or just not even redeem himself. He's just trying to become mayor of New York City. That I think that's, that's, that's why people fucking like him. I don't think so. I think they just know his name. And they look at it. And they see four names that they don't know and one that they do, and say, "Oh yeah, him." I saw that fucking guy on TV. Saw his dick, actually. It's free press for the guy. I'm sure he's the one behind releasing these to whatever gossip site put them out. Well, I don't know if that part of it is true. I don't know if he thinks it's um, you know that positive, but. We will see whether he, if he gets elected, just goes to show that none of this stuff matters. You know what I mean? Like, who you elect doesn't matter. Going when, into it. When it comes to sex stuff, I think that's, it's pretty, it's now no longer taboo. Where it's like, all right, his wife's still with him, she's coming well, out Well, you can't that, have an internet world and act like that that you can't redeem yourself because people say and do too many fucked up things on the internet. My favorite thing, like they released all the fucking texts or DMs, or whatever, the messages he messaged her on Facebook. My favorite thing was after he started running again, he DM'd, he, he messaged her, can you do me a solid and just hard delete all these messages we've been going back and forth with each other? No, she can't. <laughs> you I like can't fucking trust. I don't. Do me a solid, man. It's fucking great. That alone. Um, and it's not the end of it. He even said at his, uh, his uh, next apology press conference that I'm surprised more things haven't come out already. So there's still more to come. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Seriously. I do not give a fuck. Like, we've already seen his dick. Is but I don't think worse? he's going to make a good mayor or a terrible mayor. I think he's nobody. I think he's just another... Fucking, for lack of a better term, quit Twitter fucking attention whore. It just doesn't matter. This fucking Twitter has turned the entire fucking country into summer camp. And we sit around and talk about stupid things instead of real stuff. It's constant. Oh, you got her there, Booner. Uh, what do you say, Jeff? Hey, hi, guys. Hey. hey last night I was, did like you watch that first episode of Orange, and I'm sitting there. And uh, I, I, I'm first of all, I'm kind of blown away at the first like 
20 minutes of it. I'm like, okay, what did this girl do? What did this girl do? Then Kate Mulgrew shows up on the screen. I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, who the hell is that? I did the same exact thing, dude. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I I flash back to to watching an episode of Voyager, and she did that character, or parts of that character in an episode of Voyager, and I hear the voice, and I see the face, and I pause it, and I stand up, literally stand up in the living room, and start screaming, holy shit, Captain Janeway is in prison! I kept calling her Fata, who was my super's wife. Um... And if you see what some of these people are in prison for, you could think to yourself, yeah, I could have went to prison. Oh, yeah. Wrong night, you know, prison. There's plenty of things where I've been felony charges and still, whatever. <laughs> still that you do. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Um, here is Jason. You're on the Run of Fez show. How's it going, guys? Yeah. Um, Netflix is planning on doing their own exclusive comedy specials. I guess they're going to sign comedians. And, no uh, reason they shouldn't. Yeah, and they're going to produce documentaries, too. Again, no reason they shouldn't. They're a studio. And, and a distribution center, also. It's, That's all you really want as a comedian is can everybody get to it, you know? Yeah. Because that thing is, you know, you really don't need to have network people going over the set list with you know you're never gonna have them going do you really think you should be opening with the fish bit because i think it would work a lot better you push the uh fish bit back to third and you open up this thing with chopsticks and boom you're gonna kill you're on your way and i'm talking about the song chopsticks oh he's gonna perform Orange is the new black kicks. I want you to start getting into it. Oh well, I, I have Netflix. I've then the you cord. can pass me by tomorrow the way you watch. <laughs> um, here's Brian. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Mister B. Yeah. This Anthony Weiner stuff. If he gets elected, I feel like it's that as the younger youth is getting a little older, and if he gets elected, it's a big fuck you to the establishment because. Who gives a shit anymore? We all know they're all jokers that get in there. It doesn't matter. The the reality of it is that becomes a big fuck you to us, too. You know what I mean? The reality of it is is I don't think that we can sit down and say 100% of the people are horse shit. And maybe when Anthony Weiner gets to work, he does good work. I have no way of knowing that. I say the fact that he's fucking leading is no bigger than if somebody from American Idol was fucking leading. Uh you know, it's just someone people happen to know. A fuck you, the establishment would have been not reelecting Bloomberg or not letting him buy a third term or to just to just fucking say, look, I'm a billionaire. I'm in, in the meantime, it basically, if you look at the 12 year history of his thing, yeah. it might be the most peaceful history in New York's his, uh, entire history. That 12 years. And, you know, compare that to Ed Koch's time. Oh, Jesus. You know, whatever it happens to be. <laughs> you know, they would have killed for a guy. They would have killed to get fucking years like this. I mean, one of the weird things about living in New York City is you don't know if the next guy is just going to turn the fucking apple cart. You can't tell yet. Especially since no one knows what Wiener stands for. I really, I really think the majority of people don't. They just know dick pics. I don't know what he fucking stands for. I know he's from Brooklyn. From and really, I mean, if you're going to be totally honest about it, how do you know someone's going to make a really good mayor? 
Because they even have more power than the president. Like with the president, you run into that checks and balances thing, which means now nothing happens. <laughs> nothing body. is going to fucking happen. I mean, if Obama would have lost, the chances of your life being that much different wouldn't have been. Nor would he have gotten things done and Obama couldn't pull off. At least that's my belief. With a mayor, yeah, he can make fucking changes happen quick. I can't even smoke in a goddamn bar. I don't think, um, yeah, that quick is one guy decided. Like, as soon as he got into office, they're like, gone. I was in a cab last night, and I saw the yellow cab uh, fucking commercial in the back seat. Saying by the year, and I don't know, a couple of years, one out of every three taxis is going to be electric. Yeah, they, they just they just released a pilot program or whatever. I think it's like the Toyota Leaf, maybe. And that's all Bloomberg. Yeah, he, he doesn't want any more fucking cars powered by gasoline. Uh, I will say this. I am so sick of the wiener jokes. I mean, I heard those things two years ago. Um, Sean, you're on the run of Fetish Show. Hey, guys, I wanted to say about this Anthony Weiner thing to try to I think it's a sign of like how the times are changing, because if you think, you know, years ago, if it would have turned out like Herbert Hoover had mailed a picture of his dick to somebody, that would have been like a huge controversy. And now this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And you got to wonder 20, 30 years from now, what are they going to be able to get away with? Um, well, this is why. I think there would be no harder time in history to be a science fiction writer than right now. To try to figure out what the way people are going to act in the history. Uh, I don't know. To me, forget, you know, before we even get to Wiener, and, and I think this laid the groundwork for it. When sex uh, videos started to come out, and it did not ruin careers the way we were told. Yeah. You know... Um, there used to be a thing in the 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s and the 80s that a girl could have a reputation, right? Uh -huh. So they would actually tell girls, you know, yeah, you're going to have some sex, but just a little bit before you figure out the dude that you're really going to marry, because that will follow you around the rest of your life. If you would have been told that someone could suck a cock and fuck and then make a deal with a major corporation and it would not hurt as a matter of fact it would help you would have been told that you're an ins you're an insane person you're a fucking crazy person so bill clinton might have had quite a bit to do with this because it didn't hurt his career it didn't hurt his standing yeah. the fact that he uh that not so much that he was caught in a in a um cheating on his wife but that every detail came out does not hurt does not fucking hurt the person i don't know what i i i don't know how you you say hey how's this going to play out fucking years from now I don't know whether, you, uh, maybe because of the internet, you can't hold anything against anyone. But go around through the internet and start to go through pictures. I mean, I would love to have someone count the number of people in sex acts on the internet. Not even posing nude no. like a playboy, but the number of sex acts of Americans that are on the internet now. 
And the percentages are really coming up. There's hundreds of websites dedicated to amateur pornography and like real amateur pornography where it's just a couple uploading their sex life to the internet. And there's probably, I, it's, you can't count it. You know why? Because it's, it's happening too quickly. Where it's kind of, like right now, there's fucking thousands, probably fucking hundreds of thousands of pictures being uploaded right now of people fucking each other. Of just not porn stars. It's, it, I don't think you could count it. So <laughs> People just want to watch other people to watch them fuck. Or it's revenge porn or whatever the fuck. And there is no way to know where this thing is uh, going. Um, this is something that people are talking about on the iBank today. And it's this Bruce Willis dead-legging his way through uh, an interview in England. Let's just watch a couple minutes. And Who's the girl from Weeds that's in this? Mary oh, Louise Parker. Parker yeah. Is trying her best to be a person. <laughs> but you can see Bruce's head is not in this. Most of it. Most of it. <laughs> Remember the mics, yeah. Um, what was your, your favourite uh, place to actually film in? Because you do travel all over the world in this film. Istanbul. To go to Istanbul. Oh, not in this film. <laughs> I thought you just were saying my in favorite. General. In general, I like Istanbul. It's a pretty good place to go. At least it proves I've seen the film, which is a good thing. Yeah. Has any actor ever told you this, Jamie? This part is not acting, what we're doing right now. You might be. But we're just selling the film now. Sales. That fun part was. Making the movie. The fun part happened, yeah. So, how would you sell me the film then? How, what would you say that is I the would, best part about the film? I would slash my hooves. No. Alright, let's stop it there. So, obviously, <laughs> it's an uncomfortable interview. Whose side do you tend to be w w on on this, Fuzzy? Bruce Willis. I think he's. Why? Because I think he's finally saying things that we all know, but he's saying it to a reporter. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think everyone feels that way. Natasha didn't. She was ready to come in here. She's doing the same job as Bruce. And if she fucking dead-legged us like that, Oof. we would have lost our shit. Yeah. We would have lost our shit. One fucking guy did years ago. And we still have publicists <laughs> that won't work with us. Ah. They won't look at the fucking hundreds of people. Uh, Bruce... I hate to tell you, you also have a job to go in there and act like a fucking person as well. I'm contract. a fan of the guy, but this whole thing of, hey, you're, this is a big deal for you, not for me. Hey, fuck you, man. I do this all the time, so I can give a fuck about your shitty interview. <laughs> this is what is this, a junket? Where, even, where am I? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that, you're, that this is a break that you don't want to do. <laughs> But you gotta be a fucking professional. You gotta come in there and fucking work it even when you don't feel like it. The interviewer kept his composure. The interviewer was a fucking, you know, like, he did hey, job. I'm gonna be a fucking pro here. Be and by the way, the interviewer actually liked him. Now, having said that, I don't know what Bruce's day was like. It goes back to that thing that we just judge people by, you know, their lowest moments. But I will say this. Having read Kevin Smith's book, <laughs> I'm more likely to believe now what Kevin... Because Kevin basically said, Bruce went out there and sandbagged this fucking movie. You know? 
Yeah. I, I, you know, you've done ninety fucking movies. If you don't want to do it, you you'll still have that. Th- you know, you've made your mark, Bruce. But the fact of the matter is, you had to agree to come here. <laughs> it's his contract. It's yeah. Like it, it's he's, con- he's obliged. To, he he yeah. signed the fucking contract. Now, if right? this guy walked up to him on the street. And started bothering him. I wouldn't give a fuck if he acted this way, but this is a this is a time that he and this guy are supposed to sit down and um, talk about the movie. So, do his five minutes of this junket, and then you know, bring in the next dude. It's funny as fuck, though. It is funny as shit. <laughs> but the guy could have said, "Dude, why don't you get up and go get a fucking croissant for yourself." You just blood sugar low, Bruce. Yeah, because I'm not your fucking pet either. <laughs> you know, I'm a fucking person. Uh, uh, would would they have liked it if this fucking guy sat down and told the truth? I can't believe that I'm stuck here interviewing you two about a movie that is pretty shitty. You know? And then, and Can you believe so- at this point in my career I just have to talk to a washed up old fucking action star from the 80s? Uh, everybody would have fucking blown up on this dude. Anyway, the whole thing is up uh, on the iBang today. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, more to come up, including, Chris Stanley, something that's been bugging you quite a bit. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. I mean, this is something that's blown me up. It's the Ryan Braun thing. Not just him getting suspended, but while people are reacting to it. We'll be right back. Run a fest. The Ron and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Show. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. The Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, Donald Fagan is the artist of the day. Well, I got a lot of emails here about Natasha uh, that was in earlier with us, uh, Natasha Leon. but guess what, Hicks? Yeah. Women. Women 
I, I look down, I'm just getting tons of emails from women saying she's awesome. She is awesome. Those ladies are right. But the weird thing is, I think that she normally would have had the reputation as like, uh, you know, like a guy's girl. She definitely has that vibe. And yet, here are women going, I dig her in a big way. I love that street kid. Fuck yeah, dude. She's super cool. Yeah, I was just wondering. I would have really thought that a bunch of fucking dudes would have said, oh, I would have loved to hang out with her. But women are writing to say, I'd love to hang out with her. I bet those women are also uh, uh, girls that, chicks that hang out with a lot of dudes. So they find another chick like oh, that. Oh, okay. So they're like, oh, shit. This Chris is, a, this is a running buddy. You know what? Yeah. This is why you're... Uh, that you can sit down and write uh, these reports, these papers that get released. I love getting these grants <laughs> because I don't spend much of the money of the, from the grant on the actual paper. I just take it for myself. Well, you do have to live. I mean, that's. I mean, what we really need to do is keep your mind in a place where it can come up <laughs> with more good shit. Now, you and Fez were debating something as I came back in the room. Yeah. And it was the Schindler's List on eBay. Did this thing sell yet, or is it still going around? I believe it's it's still it's it's still out there. Yeah, it's still so going. So it's now. Is it the only list? Is there more? Than, there's four lists. Okay, there's four lists, and this thing right now is going for three million dollars. Yeah, that's the bid, three million. And you thought this is nowhere near the end. It's going to make big money. All right, just just hearing it's Schindler's fucking list. Six, uh, eight figures, easy. It should be going for at least ten, twenty million dollars to get the fucking actual list from the movie in real life. Mm -hmm. Schindler's List. I mean, I would think a wealthy Jewish person who had parents say, get you know, snuffed out in the Holocaust, they would like that list. Yeah, if that was me, if I was some dude whose parents were gone and had the cash, I no, 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 spare no expense. I want that list. I want it in my fucking house. Now, Fez, you were going in the other direction. You don't think that the list should be for sale? No. I, I think it is undignified for the list to be on eBay, <laughs> along with old comic books and any and so lampshades that people are selling. Your big beef is that it's eBay. If this was at a big auction house... In New York City, you'd be fine with it. I know. I okay. Let's not blame eBay then. You're mad that it's being auctioned off at all. I think it should be donated and put in a museum. But donated, someone owns it. It's there. Someone already owns it. Yeah. You can't ask them to take the three million dollar fucking hit, or according to Chris, maybe as much as ten million. Yeah. I think it's priceless. I think it's an important document in world history. By the way, you offended people by saying lampshades. Since you know what happened during the Holocaust. Oh, my God. Oh, I was just trying to think of some arbitrary thing. That's not arbitrary, dude. That's skin. That's people's skin. Come on. Fuck. Then I'll say doorknobs. Hey. Oh. Do you not even know that one? No. Come on, dude. All right, then Then everyone can just say English cigarettes anytime they want. Great. Um, but you can't ask that person to take the hit. Somebody already owns it. So your beef before was no one should own this. You didn't know all this time someone did own it. You know, what's the difference who owns it if it's going to be owned? I had no idea the list fucking, you know, survived the fucking Yeah, war. I didn't know it existed. So, all right, so why now demand of what should happen to it? I mean, to me, since it's already a private thing. Now, would you have a beef if someone paid money to that person and then put it into a museum? 
No, I wouldn't have a beef with that. So your problem is not the sale of it, or someone's making money off of this list. I think I, it, I would have thought that would have been more of a a problem than anything else. I think the important thing is protecting the list. If it belongs to a private person instead of everyone, then this guy could just actually, you know, start a fire with it or something. Why would he? He could crumble it up and leave it, you know, do in you the know, basement. Do you know what collectors do with things? They how they treat it? Are you trying, like museums. You trying to see some very rich anti-Semite <laughs> is going after this It doesn't you Whatever your thing is, I'm sure you have some beef, but you're not making it clear. It's very you're now saying that if a painting becomes expensive, it should be taken away from a private donor. You know what I'm saying? Do you know that we have very famous documents in this country that are owned by private people? Yeah, and I don't think they should be. I think they should belong to the co those copies of the Declaration of Independence. Should but do you belong know how, to the country. Oh, but do you know how many documents are out there that somebody could cherish? There's millions of them now. There's millions. And who's to say which one is more important? One of the ways to say is the private sector. To say, hey, this is an important thing. To see how important this is, it will be to see what happens right now with this auction. Yeah, all right, there's four days left. It's at $3 million. There's no buy it now option. It started at $3 million, though, right? Yeah, yeah, so it looks like there's no... There's no yeah, big is this zero. one of those things going to go to the last second? Yeah. Or maybe he'll just pull it. But apparently, Fez, this isn't as, as, up, as we can see right now as important as you think. Number one, there's... But here's the other thing that kills me about this list. You wouldn't even have known about it. If it wasn't for Spielberg, you had zero yeah. interest in this at all until the same guy who made E.T. and Jaws made a movie. Um, here is um, here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B, a million bucks. Yeah. Hey, uh, says he sounds like a gay Indiana Jones with this It Belongs in a, me a Museum bullshit. See ya! Um, it may belong in a museum. I'm not saying it shouldn't, but someone has to donate that to the museum. Yeah, we have no idea who's putting up this $3 million. It could just be somebody who just has a lot of money and wants to fuck with this thing. Why would they want to fuck with it? Would they make a YouTube video? and <laughs> That part doesn't make sense at all. Look, I think, I think there's plenty of people in the world that have the cash to, who would cherish it. To, that were, they're gonna fucking get this thing. I think someone who actually fucking cherishes this type, this fucking document, is going to get it. I don't think there's any sort of evil supervillain type character who's gonna drop the cash to pick it up. He's acting like someone with a great painting would then want to slash up their own three million dollar painting. Finally got this Mona Lisa. <laughs> Check it out, everybody. I'm, I'm gonna jizz on it. <laughs> I, I I'm sure that there is an argument to be made for what you're talking about. But it isn't come down to somebody is going to destroy it. You know, it would really mean, wouldn't this be more important in the hands of people? And what is happening right now with this auction is a chance for that to happen. If a museum wants to acquire it, or if someone wants to buy it and put it in a museum, this is exactly the way that those things uh, take place. And don't like, uh, Nobody's bid on it right now. No. Odd. 
Yeah, this is gonna come back. Down, this is gonna come down to the last hour, where guys are just going back and forth, fucking. Shit. Or maybe museums look at it and said, "Man, we'd like to have that," but three million dollars is ridiculous. So then they don't get it. I feel like it's a bargain. And won't uh, private collectors like lend their stuff out to museums? It happens all the time, and yeah. there's tax breaks on that and oh, I, shit. That's all kinds of shit. If I was Chris Stanleystein, I would fucking doing that all the time. Well, you could do it even as Chris Stanley. You don't have to be Jewish to take interest in this. But then if, when you go to a museum, you'll see on loan from the Chris Stanley Foundation. Um, here's um, Michelle. You're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, Fezzi, I agree with you totally. I think this, if this is indeed a, a real document, I think that it should be in the Holocaust Museum. And whoever buys it and donates it, they're not going to lose anything. Like Ron said, they're going to get a big tax write-off. So, But I believe that it should but, be in the Holocaust Museum. But rather than seeing this as a negative thing, you should be seeing it as a positive thing. It well, should be, it here's be the opportunity to get this in the Holocaust Museum. And that would be a positive if it yeah. went to the Holocaust. Movie. How about this? You want to have a big donor? Let's ask Steve Spielberg to do it. He seems like he's made some money off this story. Shit. You know, let me just say this, Fez. He took this story. Why weren't you demanding that he turned all the profits over? Because, let's face it, this didn't happen to him, and now he's supposed to make a profit? I don't see how that's any different at all. There is a chance for this to go into uh, the Holocaust um, Museum, but we will see. Um, here is um, Art. You're on the Run of Fez show. Art. Hey, yeah. What's up? So, uh, Fez is talking about this supervillain. It's going to spend $3 million to destroy Schindler's List. If they're really this super genius, why wouldn't they wait until the guy bought it, break into his house, and destroy it themselves? I don't think anyone wants to destroy this. I think it's People... too important to leave in one person's hands. It, belong, it should belong to the world. It's that important of a document. Why do you say that? That's, you, that's just one person's opinion. The, the, the fact of the matter is, this is how you find out how important it is to the world. This is literally the way museums get stuff all the time. I don't see this as a negative. Do you think it should be taken from the person who owns it? Yeah, I think it should be, yes. So the person who owns it now, the Israeli police should kick in his doors and take his personal property. I think he should hand it over willingly. Well, but, that, no, that, that, that won't be willingly. That's... That, but what about this? Someone uh, has a place in a beautiful lake. Oh, let's take it from him, because everyone should swim in that lake. You know what this fucking sounds like? Communism. I think more of just idiocracy. Just not thinking it out. Fez, your apartment is so big that three homeless guys should be able to live in there with you. It's too important. Th th those are human beings. They're out of the street. Not That's human different than a world document. Um, not really. It's private property. That's exactly what it is. It's private property right now. Um, here's uh, Carl. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I think that list is fake, guys. I, I looked at it closely, and at the very bottom of the list, it says bread and milk. Mm, we've all heard stand-up before. Schindler's shopping list, yeah. 
The last, the last thing on the list is Keith Jarum. Who's running the phones today? That's intern Ba. <sighs> okay. There's no way that he would know an old joke, so that's not his fault. I'm going to just say Ba's coming on Gangbusters. I'm very proud of him. He's coming along. Um, here's Jeff. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, Fez was scarred when uh, Mark Echo bought Barry Bonds' uh, baseball and blew it up. Maybe he thinks uh, Mark Echo is going to buy Schindler's List and, uh, and destroy it. Well, I don't, you know, in the case when Marco did that, it was considered good marketing. I'm not sure what corporation would think it's good marketing to burn up this list. Guys, you have this great idea. You know, you know list, We're going to get some real notice on this one. Our f- hashtag destroy the list. This thing's going to go viral. <laughs> First I wipe my ass with it, then we burn it up. (laughs) Can we get... Oh, God. Here, live read. There's one day left to enter the contest for opening lines to great unwritten rock novels. That's on the front page of the Interabang. Pick out the opening lyric to a song. Here's the problem with it, Fess. I'm going to stop the live read to just explain something to listeners. You're not going to win with just an opening lyric. You need an opening lyric... And a really good blurb. Now, there are definitely finalists in this because they're doing the opening lyric and the good blurb. There are plenty of people who put up really great opening lyrics, did not work as hard on the blurb. You have to work equally hard on both things. Now, a couple people wrote, oh, I'm a gigantic fan of Elvis Costello's. I would love to have this. I would love for you to get it too. But think of what you got to do here. You're going to enter as much as you want. Great opening line, great back uh, cover blurb. It's up on the eye bang right now. And you win. I hate to see people do stuff when they can't win under those circumstances. Make it work. I like that you said that. That could be your new catchphrase. Like when you want us to make, when you want us to sew faster. <laughs> make it work. Come on. No, he doesn't scream it though. He's like, make it work. Oh. I'm going to the bar. I'm going to go back there. Um, here is uh, Frank. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez, since this is such an important document, if it got donated to a museum, would you ever go visit it look at it? It's a good question, Frank, because uh, Frank, Fez lived down in D.C. How many times were you at the Holocaust Museum, Fez? I never visited the Holocaust Museum. Why? It's so important. I never made that trip. You've been to any of the museums in this neighborhood? No, not really. No. Yeah, not in here. Not here. Not really. Not really. Kind of. Kind of. I don't want to take a stand, but I've kind of. But even though we've never visited, uh, we know how they should run. And we know what the right thing is. You gotta go to the rain room, dude. It's a long line for it. When the rain comes. Fridays is free. That's what I'm gonna try to get into that rain room. 
That's the only thing people care about in New York. The goddamn rain room at MoMA and Cronuts. <laughs> Just, what, what are, what's, where is there a line I can take a picture of? I'm going to go in with the rain room with a bar, bar virus spring. <laughs> Freak him out. I'm surprised Fez wasn't at the Holocaust Museum. It means so much to him. The Holocaust Museum, where we take private property by force. Holocaust Museum. Let's never let it happen again. Here's our Holocaust Museum hit squad. They have fucking Black Hawk helicopters to fucking rob people. We now act like Germans, proving <laughs> the importance that we have learned. Um, here's, uh, I don't even want to go into this, because now I'm looking up and there's like pro-Nazi stuff coming up on the thing. But I... But I thought Nazis. Sure. By the way, Friday, Lisa Kudrow unmasked. She was delightful. Wonderful. Favorite friend. I have a uh, dinner date tonight. Oh, really? Natasha and I are going out, hopefully with Lou Reed. Holy shit. That sounds a hell of a fucking dinner party. Yeah. God damn Liz has fires written that she wants in. Oh. She, she can come. I don't know. Liz could bring up a lot of that shitty music that she likes. <laughs> Natasha will throw her out. <laughs> Is it ever a turn off to you when people say they like some shitty band or shitty movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a friend who watches just like this. He has like a Netflix queue, right? And I'll suggest movies to him. And his next Netflix queue is like a year long for Dex to get through anything, and it's just filled with shit. And it, it just drives me insane. Like to the point where, like, maybe I should even hang out with you anymore. If Isn't I, that a funny thing? If you ha you you just watching one bad fucking movie after another, like years worth of films, and I'm rattling off fucking movies you should watch, and like two years later, it's like, hey, I finally saw it. It's pretty <laughs> good, actually. I saw it. <laughs> It's so good. It's up there with Porky's. <laughs> what? Porky's too was um, before that. Huh? Um, the funny thing is, you get that way. Dave is very much that way, and so is Earl. Though Dave loses it, he has screen matches with Liam because I don't know he didn't see Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Dave wants to beat up someone. <laughs> it's instantaneous too. Just fucking straight psychotic anger. What do you got there, Hicks? This is, this is uh, I like this. This is a vine of a woman having a freak out at the Apple store. I stole my Apple Care and I could walk in the store and get the part. I stole my And why do you care about this? This woman, the balls on this chick, with her, she has a fucking baby carriage in front of her. What Apple product is this important to fix? Where she's in the middle of the Apple, she's in the middle of the Apple store, I guess a genius. Maybe her laptop, maybe that's what she does for work, and she needs her laptop. And here's the other thing that you don't know. Yeah. Maybe she was there for six hours. Maybe she's been talking on the phone with them for a week. You've never yelled at a store before? I've had freakouts, yeah. 
but he's never been caught on Vine, and I don't know. And I and I knew the context when I freaked out. Um, last night, I had to wait five minutes for a table, and I picked up a chair, and I go, "I'll I'll wait five minutes, smashing shit against this fucking wall." Only for five minutes. Yeah, we had a contract, an oral contract. My table will be ready at eight thirty. Now, I'm willing to wait if you're willing to see your whole fucking your whole fucking bar destroyed. Sounds like you were making a scene. Yeah, I was. But the people around me applauded and called 911. As you were destroying the bar area? Yeah. Fuck. It's a crazy-ass restaurant. I don't like it. I went to a really great fucking place last night, though. Oh, nice. place I don't want to share on the air. Because there was only about seven tables. And the only reason why I got in so easily is because it was July 23rd. You know what I mean? When this thing starts to cool off, we're fucked. Son, what kind of food? Uh, is that giving away too much? Um, it was a tasting menu. Nice. That was phenomenal. That's all I'm going to tell you. Well, it sounds great. And then the other thing about you, though, I noticed What's that? that you like Vine because you can play the same line over and over and over. <laughs> There's something about you that's crazy. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's I find it fun the looping aspect, and yeah, hearing the same thing over and over again just puts me in like kind of like a trance, almost meditative state. It's like a mantra for me. Um, Brad, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, hey, Fezzy, uh, you sound like a million bucks. What can we do for you, Brad? Oh, I'm sorry. This is uh, a little old. You're talking about something else. But I agree with you on uh, Schindler's List. And just to say that, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe most things that are in museums were probably privately owned. And it took a better man to say, hey, it's not all about me. I shouldn't be the only one looking at this thing. Well, you, but hold on. You say that, but it probably took a wealthier man to say that. You know, the guy know. who has this now... Maybe this is the only thing that he owns in the world that has value. And here's a chance for a wealthy person to buy this and then put it in said museum. So what? It affected other people's lives. Somebody else would want to come and say, hey, that my great-grandfather was on this list. I want to come see it. Yeah. Well, there's four of the list, and anybody who wants to donate this can purchase it and donate it. Um, but yes, most of the time, things that you see in museums were or still are owned privately. This is actually a positive thing that this thing, this list has been kept for a long time and now is being made available. I think it's great. And looking like eBay has uh, scans of the actual document, it looks in mint condition. I mean, this doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it. I got news for you. For the three mil, and I'm looking at it for free there, this is good enough for me. <laughs> there is the list. I'm not even going to read it. I can see that it's a list. Oh, yeah. There's about eight pages. Um, Look who it is. We haven't heard from him in a long, long time. It's Mr. Jermaine Lassier. Hey, G-Baby. What's happening, pal? Oh, shit. Uh, nothing, buddies. I got a little spy report for you. Spy report? He's breaking stories for us. Uh, what do you got, G-Baby? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, just went up on Deadline.com. They are, uh, the guys behind Fruitvale, 
Michael Jordan and Ryan Coogler are making a spinoff to Rocky about Apollo Creed's grandson. Finally, dude. I know. I've been waiting for it, right? This is what we've always dreamed of. The Apollo Creed grandson story is going to be big. Well, Stallone is also coming back as Rocky. He's going to play the mentor. Hey, your grandfather was a great fighter. Yeah, and apparently the the guy who directed Fruitvale, Coogler, this is like a movie he's been dreaming about making as a kid. So he pitched it, and then they're going ahead, and so we'll see. All right. um, This should be probably missed by everybody. I would put it up with... um, This is really like in Star Wars. Now, every movie becomes its own universe. Will Mason the Lion Dixon be making the fucking showing in this? I really wanted to see what happened to the great-great-grandchildren of the Sting. What did the day meet up and did they try to rip off people? Uh, G-Baby, are you concerned with all the big movies uh, tubing out this year? No, I'm not concerned about it. It's, it was bound to happen after everybody sort of got burned out in like May and June. Um, but you're looking ahead, they're not stopping. 2015, they just announced more and more movies at Comic-Con this last week. It's just, I, I, I don't know, if, if, it, if that does sort of tail back a little bit, it's not going to be till, not going to be for four or five years. Or all you have to do is starting to see these things lose big money and maybe they'll stop making them all together, you know? I mean, you got to admit, if Superman versus Batman, if that doesn't make money, you got to take a look at the whole thing. Oh, totally. But that's the same year we're getting the new Star Wars, we're getting the new Terminator, you're getting the new Jurassic Park, a new Independence Day, a new Avengers, oh, all in the same right, four what, months. It's fucking, 19, fucking 98 or something. <laughs> what the fuck? That sounds crazy, G-Baby. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but it's true. That's, that's, that's 2015. It's all happening in like four months. Was it Batman it Superman that had the most heated Comic-Con? Not when we were at Comic-Con. When you're at Comic-Con, the thing that had the most heat was a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a new Marvel movie. But since nobody outside of Comic-Con has heard of that, Batman Superman had the most heat outside of Comic-Con, for sure. Mm. Did, what did you dress up as? Uh, I didn't dress, I dressed up as a guy who was really, really tired, hadn't showered in 24 hours because he'd been sleeping on a concrete to get inside these fucking things for work. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it gets hard. It gets harder for you every year, huh? It gets worse and worse every year. It, people literally, you know, line up for you know eighteen hours before a panel just to so they can see you know these celebrities. There's no so no the, press thing. You can't get a press pass. I have a press pass. Press pass doesn't give you any additional uh, access. What the fuck just, is the point? Yeah. The only point is the point is you don't have to pay for it, and I don't have to like I don't have to go online and go crazy to buy one. But uh. So you it avoid was, yeah, one it, line. Yeah. Yeah, we're working, we're working, trying to work something out so that we can uh, get into these things a little bit easier this year. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. We saw, you know, first footage from the new X-Men movie, you know, from the new, you know, George Clooney, Alfonso Caron movie. I mean, this is the stuff that I love about. You're all fired up for it, huh? Well, it's fun, yeah. It's fun. It's just something about being in that room, seeing footage that nobody else is going to see for like two years, and being able to tell other people about it. Uh, it's, it's it's what I get up for. All right, Jermaine. All right, I'll keep you guys updated. Thanks. Take care, buddy. Bye. You know what's funny? I mean, like, he's still positive, 
but you could just hear the age in his voice. Can't you just think back to when we first started talking to him? He was so excited, and now he's like, uh, new thing about Apollo Creed's. Also, never, never really heard yeah, like <laughs> talk 24 hours of the goddamn concrete. Yeah, I know. He never was <laughs> negative about those things. Um, here's Robert. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. You know, man, unfortunately, anytime Fezzy wants to chime in on something, man, it just always seems like he's coming from some place of, like, misrepresented emotion. Like, if any topic comes up, most people will say, oh, that's wrong. Somebody should do something. And that's just the point they take. Somebody should do something. Well, when are you going to become the somebody and do something about anything? Your life, something that you feel about, your depression, your anxiety, your... I don't know Chandler's list. Yeah, that? that's part of the show now. Well, the fight starts. Yes, I should do something. What? Anything good. You upset? Yeah. Because of Chris? What I do? That still hurts, yeah. Well, because I think that... The Schindler's List thing? Yeah, that should still... I'd buy it. That's what I would do if I was a millionaire. Does that keep you from even bringing up your flock of seagulls story? Even though you had written the Iran joke? Um, Doug, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, have you been to the uh, Holocaust Museum before? Yeah, I was on a couple of the rides. Um... It's kind of, you know. Yeah. No, I uh, I have uh, a couple of family, family members who are buried in Arlington, so we go every year just to visit them. And the one year I took my 12- and 14-year-old to the Holocaust Museum, the worst experience ever. They're like, can we never go here ever again? Because it just was like, oh, my God. It's horrendous. You can't make it the happy place. You no, it's not. It's yes, a Holocaust It's not machine. a happy place, but you're trying to teach them history. You can't have a ball again, pit. They're like, holy shit. Oh, my yeah. God. There's a Street Fighter 2 machine in there? No. Dude. Yeah, just let them know. Whole towns were destroyed by Nazis. So let them know. You know? Come on. It's not for ref- people had gold pulled out of their mouth. It's for reflection, not fucking enjoyment. When you try to kill time, bring it here, kids. I guess this will fucking fill up the afternoon. We're going to go to the Holocaust Museum. Can you once not be anti-Fez? I'm not being anti-Fez. I'm j- I, just, I just feel that, yeah. You, you make him feel like every emotion he has is stupid. <sighs> and that he can't think. I just disagree with him on the, the Schindler's List. You don't think that we should take private property from people? And decide, oh, this belongs to everybody. Oh, you put it like that. <laughs> of course he does. He just doesn't want to say it because I said it. Oh, please. no one thinks we should. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I hit the fucking Powerball tonight. The first thing I'm going to buy, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bid $3 million on this fucking list. I'd like to see Fez start a Kickstarter. Rather than just being there confused and upset, get a Kickstarter to buy that thing. I'm going to start Kickstarter and fucking bed bid more than him. So I get it. Did you just say bed bid and beyond? <laughs> bid. I meant bid. Um, Mike, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I'm 
sensing a lot of sexual tension between Chris and Fez. I picked up on that too. That's going one way, then, bro. You're no, no, into your mouth. Oh no, I hope not. Uh, you went out of your way today to send me a page six of the place that Fez was embarrassed the other day, <laughs> and he wrote ha 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 all over it. Did you read the post today, Fez? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. It was Jake Gyllenhaal and his beautiful girlfriend sitting in that restaurant that you brought up. And it mentions him being annoyed in the fucking thing. And then he wrote, uh, the lurker. That's just mean. I, we were talking about it yesterday, and then I, I'm, I'm on the train reading the paper. I'm like, holy shit. Is your dream, Fez, to pick the right side of an argument? Is that a dream for you? Or is there is your dream to be uh, the only side of a discussion? There only to be one side. No, I, my dream is to have a side of a discussion and be able to express it the best way possible. And you struggle with that. Yeah. And you, how do you blame that on Chris, though? Well, Chris just picks up on my uncomfortability and just flies with it. I wouldn't say that. I would not say that this restaurant that Jake was asking nice though yeah you had to lurk down there and fucking stalk your way around it and fucking look in the windows of people having food it's right on the street The wi it has huge windows you're then, gonna glance in if you're right why did you run because I got oh, caught staring is. at Jake uh, <laughs> Gyllenhaal so just, you were wrong. There's there's one window I'm looking at it here. Were you right or wrong with, with what you did? I was right. I, I then just, why did you run? Because I got uncomfortable. Jake Gyllenhaal made me uncomfortable. You and those are piercing blue eyes that will stare right through you. Hey, you know what? I think Fez might have thrown off Jake because in the page six article he said he'd forgotten his wallet and had to run back to the restaurant, like freaked out. Fucking Fez could have came in there, pulled out a couple twenty twin twins, and been a hero. Don't worry, Jake. This is on me. When you were mouth breathing on his back, someone said they heard Fez just breathing behind them when they were having a discussion. What? Mm -hmm. Too close. In the hall. Too close. You, uh, we're gonna get even with Liam, right? Yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna, fuck. I'm gonna figure something out to just make his life hell. Let's cancel Leeds guest at the last minute. The very last second? Yeah, and just say, nope, you're not coming in. Too bad, dude. Because this thing, that sucked. It's not happy. Send that email. Is um, who is uh, what's his name in here today? The kid Shelby. Shelby's is in here. Yeah. How come I haven't seen his fucking face since one o'clock? I think he was like sleeping or something in the back. Just Send him in here. I'm gonna scream at him for what he's been doing. Hey, fucking Rip Van Winkle, make your ass in the fucking studio. All right, that's good. Wait, Piff, is he conscious? Does he's he conscious now. I woke him up. You awake? Did you get your two hours in? Yeah, we're on the air. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah. He never knows what the hell's going on. I thought he wouldn't mind on the... Never mind. 
You made a giant mistake today. You should have made a fucking run at that uh, young lady that came in here talking hip. I was talking to her in the hallway. What are you doing? Your own fucking show out there? I was getting her to sign some stuff. Who are you, Fez now? What no. are you doing while you're doing that? <laughs> fucking mouth breathe on the back of them, both of them, Fez? <sighs> this is uncomfortable. They're talking. <sighs> sign what? You know, some prizes might give them away to listeners. Yeah, we're going to give away prizes to listeners. You know, Why didn't we do that right away? Why didn't we do it when the fucking timing mattered? Hey, split trucks are out to the front today. I'm fucking starving. There's a Philly cheesesteak truck out there today. No. No? It's not Philly. They should put New York cheesesteak with Queens bread. <laughs> it's New York cheesesteak, then. Big D's Grub Truck might be out there. That's yeah, your the nickname. <laughs> it's not a bad nickname. I'm sorry, Fags. Go ahead. The other one was the Neapolitan Pizza Truck. How can you make good pizza in a truck? It's very strange. Uh, also, it's the only uh, food truck I've seen with this type of shape. Let's see if it's online. Yeah, put it up there. See if they got a vine that you can run a hundred times in a row. <laughs> They're making pizza over and over again. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's like a, it's almost not, not like a food truck. It's like a bus, like a special ed bus that they just fucking paint in white and are making. Let me pizza see. Inside. But you know you can't make good pizza because you're not going to have a big, hot fucking oven. That's what I was very weirded out when I saw like the pizza truck, huh? See, look, it looks like a bus. It does not look like a special ed bus. It looks it, like a special... It's a short It's a short bus. That's fucking so rude. How is it rude? It's a bus that's short. Mm. There's like six guys in there making pizza. It's not even How'd a you bus. Get, it's a truck. Ouch. It's, 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 How'd you get along with uh, Natasha? Good. She was talking to... Uh, I was like, hey, I got uh, two episodes of that show left. And then she just was like talking about some rapper <laughs> to her publicist. <laughs> just okay. fucking blowing you off completely? <laughs> <laughs> you look like a dick. Did, so you've been watching the show? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, you're sitting there fucking paying for Netflix when you should be paying for AC. <laughs> and I saw your eyes getting pretty fucking heavy yesterday. Nope. During the unmasked. Wide awake. Don't lie on the air, please, Shelby, about your fucking your narcoleptic tendencies. Did you sleep last night? Got a few hours in. Why don't you fucking invite him in? The two of you curl up together. I don't know what. That's inappropriate. <laughs> Spoon up tour and an intern. Spoon up Fez style. <laughs> <laughs> I got an email from Paulo. Uh, we ought to try to call him if you can, Pips. Apparently his L.A. trip didn't go as well as he wanted no! it to. No! But he also says that when he was leaving, Fez said to him, I can't handle this of Paul leaving. Did you say that? I don't remember saying that. Because you want him to come back as soon as you can? He can come back anytime he wants, but I don't remember saying I can't handle you leaving for L.A. Fez, if you need him and if you want him, you have to say it. You can't stop. You can't keep saying he can do what he wants. That's not the same as asking someone. Mm -mm. You, you have to. You have to be open. That's like if fucking Hicks came in and I had a sandwich. I go, you could stare at it, <laughs> or you can go over and get a piece. Oh. That's not the same as me offering him something. What is that? He wants me to go, Chris. I'm only give you hunks, not halves. Hunks. I'll take it. Thank you. 
Like if I fucking ask the kid to come over, I gotta give him a little AC for himself. I'm not gonna say. wire the whole building. <laughs> There's a hot box in the other room. <laughs> well, you never heard of one just for the fucking window? Well, I got one, but then it like wouldn't fit the window, so now I just sits in the corner and I just look at it. I would just fucking turn it on right there sitting in the middle of the room. Fuck <laughs> it. I get desperate enough fucking last week. Jesus. Um, What's the worst that could happen? Mike in Fairfield, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. How's it yeah. going? Hey, I have a food truck. It's called The Local Meatball. I'm about an hour from you guys. My, my twist on it is I, I, I tow around a uh, meatball cart with a uh, smart car. It's been really popular. I only started about three months ago. Um... It's thelocalmeatball.com. Have, have uh, Pecker Lips uh, punch it up there. You know, this doesn't help when you call me that. <laughs> I know, I know. I Helps love it. me. The local, the local meatball food truck? Yeah, thelocalmeatball.com. The little meatball sliders you're rocking? I do sliders, I do grinders. Yeah, I've only done it about three months now, and it's totally taken off. That's fantastic, dude. I got a cartoon meatball there. You see them? See the little dude? <laughs> the car? Car? Actually, I'm getting a van, too, because kind of, I'm kind of grown out of the car. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace. Peace, meatball man, you <laughs> dick. All right. You know uh, Narcozito? Oh, yeah. I know Narcozito on the bang. Fan? Not a fan. Not a fan. He comes off dickish. I'm a fan. Um, he has a brain tumor and is going in for surgery this week. So I'm going to send out... Catholic prayers to him. Brain tumor, huh? Yeah. Now I feel bad. You should feel bad. <laughs> Godspeed, Narczito. I'm going to try to open up a version of that guy's meatball things. Yeah. I'm just going to sell them off a city bike for every half hour. I'm going to ride by it. <laughs> by the way, when people ride by on a city bike, I always go like this. City bike! Don't forget, you got to have that back in a half hour. <laughs> I got an upskirt of a chick on a city bike. She was wearing a dress, and she was fucking riding towards me on 48th Street. So I didn't tell her. Best of luck to Narczito. Doesn't come from Hicks or Fez, but it certainly comes from me and Shelbs. I gave him a Godspeed. What's that mean? Like, you know... Fast to heaven? I hope that doesn't mean that, because then I would be terrible. I honestly feel like... He's going to have the brain surgery done. It's something I'm interested in, and I'd really like to take a shot at it. I think I could do it. Have, have you gone to school for brain surgery? No. I didn't go to school for radio either. Seems like I've done pretty goddamn good for myself. But if you're poking around a brain, you could fuck a lot of things up in there. Not if I'm very fucking careful and I got really little sharp instruments. They'll give you the instruments, but do you know what you're doing with the instruments? I, I mean, will. It's a, it's a brain. How You learn by doing, my friend. They got that game Operation. Just play that for a couple days. I was days. phenomenal. I always beat my cousins at that. And then when I would take it out, I'd go like this. Because that's what it did in the commercial. <laughs> All right, this is what was written to me by Paul O. We had lots of fun. And he's talking about him and Fez. But when I told him uh, he had to talk about it the next day, when I would be on the plane to L.A., his eyes glazed over and he says, I can't deal with that. Whoa. That's weird. All right, that didn't happen. Let's have Paulo on to explain the truth. Paul. Yes. First things first, congratulations 
on everything that happened in L.A. I knew you were going to sell those fucking scripts. The reboots are happening? Yeah, they're happening. Yes. Well, the point is, is I'm I'm working on original scripts all the time, and uh, I'm going to have to sit and wait because they did go to the top guys, a bunch of things, and so we're just hoping. We've got a he finally admitted to me what the project was, and I never even know it was a success, Paula, it was. Well, there were four films. I there had no idea films. that. They were yeah. called Critters. Critters. Holy shit. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Critters. I remember watching well, those as a little fucking kid. Well, first of all, <laughs> the point about the critters, you see, the great thing about critters is that... The alien yeah, balls of, with teeth. None of those films were that great, and that's no. what you want to do is remake something that, that wasn't that great and make it really great, and that's what our script was. Was so, there you like know, a big star in one of them, in like the second one or something? As a matter of fact, Leonardo DiCaprio was in the yeah. second one. Billy Zane was in the first. Angela Bassett was in the third. Yeah, so they, there's, there's people in those movies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Critters. No, it did go to the top guy, and he said, not now. Uh, a lot of people writing to me how much they love the Boom Boom uh, doc as well. And a lot of people writing to me about Orange and Black. I know some guys are saying they're in love with Natasha as well. All right. Uh, Polo. Yeah. What exactly happened when you left Fez and his eyes glazed over and he says, I, I can't handle that? Well, I mean, my point was we had a great evening. It was lots of fun. Everything was fun the whole time we spent together. But when I tried to talk to him about talking about the things and doing things and, and, and his day-to-day, -day, you know, exciting, anything interesting or exciting in his life, he says, I can't deal with that. I don't, he literally shut down. He did not want to talk about it, so we moved on. Why can't you talk to Paul about it? He's your best friend. If I'm remembering correctly, I, it was, I was having a panic attack from being in that theater so long with him, and I said I couldn't deal with talking about the film right now. Why not? You I never want once, to. You never once explained the film to us. That was a chance. You went out, you saw a beautiful film. The filmmaker was there. Polo, he brought zero back from that night. Well, that's my feeling. We had not only did we we went to the cloisters that day, and even though we, we never heard anything about it, we didn't actually make it to the cloisters because it was late when we wanted to make it to the screening. So we went up there, as beautiful views of the Palisades and all these things. Uh, and I even took pictures of him and stuff up there, and it was great. And then we went to see Crispin Glover talking about one of his favorite movies, uh, a Louis Brunel film, The Late. And all you got out of that was a panic attack fuss? Yeah, it, it took so long, and it was so late, I was exhausted from not sleeping for two days. Well, Shelby just sleeps in here. <laughs> just put your fucking head on the microphone and go out. All the rest he needs. I mean, or I, try I, to I fucking would... say weird shit to Natasha until she has to talk about rap. I mean, Fez had a good time there. I mean, Crispin Glover was literally sitting right in front of us, and he's so passionate about this movie and how it inspired This is the so first we're hearing about it. We didn't and, hear a word the, about this. And, and you know, people were asking questions in the audience, and admittedly some of them were stupid questions, and Fez was just getting livid and furious at how stupid some of the questions well, were. Well, they went the on and on. The Q&A session lasted longer than the movie did. It did. It did. It, it well, what's wrong with that? Because the really? people asking the questions weren't asking questions. They were just showing off their film knowledge. Do you notice this is the second time today that Fez has attacked an interviewer? Do you feel like this is just 
he doesn't feel that he can attack me and feels like my work is shit, so he's saying people who do this is. Uh, Chris, I'm going to check with you first. That's the direction we're going in. Motherfuck, Fez. No, that's not true at Shelby? all. It's like... I mean, you're so good at interviewing, but I mean, the whole... I guess the worst at it. Yeah, I guess I'm worse no, at it. It's just hard to hear, I guess. All right, Fez, it would, be, it would cut time if you just said to me, Ron, you're a piece of shit, and you babble on. No, that's not what I was saying Take at the all. stick. Take the stick. I would have loved to heard these stories. You don't have anything to say until Paul O calls up. Then I see these filled with emotion. I, it was wonderful. I mean, I, I, as a matter of fact, I love Christian Glover, but he is clearly someone who a lot of people might consider a wacko. He was couldn't have been more uh, sincere and poised and pleasant uh, as a human being. I was just. I love. I thought I loved the evening. Loved it. I think it sounds like a fun night that most people would enjoy, but we're finding out you didn't enjoy it, Fuzz. No, by the end of it, I was just going stir crazy. Why? It was just a tight, hot theater, and I just wanted to get out of there. Why? The panic. But but what a panic! You're in a nice, comfortable place, hearing about art. It's I thought that maybe you'd be theater. excited, and when you're with your best friend. Dog. It's, it's a theater where a movie star feels. I remember it's a whole series of movie stars come to this theater and talk about films that inspire them. That's how nice a theater it is. It's a nice theater. Now most people would not be as angry about that experience as you are, Fess. Yeah, well, I'm. I only get upset because Paulo's misrepresenting the night. It, it was a lovely night. I had. But a you're also angry that people were talking about film. Yeah, I just, and then people that you're attacking, you're saying that they were trying to show off their knowledge. Yeah, they were. They weren't asking questions. They were just talking about themselves. When you listen a little bit, though, or think to yourself, "Hey, how can I use it at work?" The guys end up talking about film and art a lot. I guess I was just too. I was just too antsy to be able to sit there and appreciate it. Well, it's the guessing that confuses me. I don't know which way you actually... I was too antsy to appreciate it. Did you know that he was antsy, Polo? I think uh, the movie was relatively short, and admittedly it's an old, it's a very rare print of an old movie. Um, and uh, the question... It was thing 90 minutes. Gone, uh, yeah, well, it was maybe even a little under that, and the, and the question thing must have gone on for at least that long as well. So it, it, it was a little bit of a chore for anybody who maybe didn't want to be there. But I thought he was very nice. I, I think he was upset with a few of these dumb questions. Why didn't you I take thought. Fez out instead? If you saw that Fez was antsy, why didn't you take him out for an ice cream cone and a couple of jawbreakers? We had a nice dinner afterwards, and everything's great. It's just when I asked him that one question, he really kind of, it all came to a head in his brain that he just couldn't, he didn't want to talk about anything. It's like, and that's that's what drives me crazy a little bit, because it's such an easy thing to do. You had a nice evening, you did some things, and it, it's, it was a positive, good thing, and it was a good evening. The cloisters were beautiful. Up there and the beautiful. Here's uh, uh, Mona. She wants to talk to you. Go ahead, Mona. Good morning, boys. Ugh, Paul. Oh, please. My eyes glaze over every time you talk, too. So, I mean, for a guy okay. who's supposed to know. Sorry, for, for a guy who's, forgive me. I mean, let's, no. stop, let's listen to you for 15, 20. Let's find out what I have. I don't care. Well, what often is that in? 
What I'm saying is, okay, so why are you squealing? Me. Why are you attacking me? Is that what? Is that well? The because point of your you point? sit there. No. Well, yeah. Basically, if you really want to know the truth. Okay. I, well, then fine. True. You're really not contributing anything to this except to attack me. Um. Well, the fact that I'm I'm trying to help fans out too. I mean, after a while, okay. well, I probably look that. at you too and just go, Oh God, please stop. All right. She's so speaking for you, Fez. In, in yeah, I, I had just spent three and a half hours dealing with the film. I didn't want to we're talk not, about it we're anymore. We're not talking about that. We're talking about what Mona's talking about. Do you feel as if she's speaking for you? Yeah, I think she understood what I was feeling that night. Do you just yeah. think? or? But she's not talking about that night. She's talking about overall. Do you not like Paulo? No. Do you want Paul out of your life? No, I don't want Paulo out of my life. Then we got to understand where we're coming from with this. He's trying to do stuff. And you're either angry or upset with him, or you're not. Do you want him, or you don't want him? Can you understand what what's going on here at all, Chris? <sighs> Sounds like uh, Fez didn't want to be dragged to anything. It seems like he was dragged to the things that night, like the uh, movie theater. And if the you're going to get him out of his apartment, you got to drag him, though. He's That's just not going to go. Is this like medicine, kind of, where it's might not like it, but it is good for you? Yeah. I think that's what this is. And Paul always says his medicine that he has to take. Yeah. But he doesn't like it. You know? Like, it's like just it's nasty tasting medicine is Paul O. But see, yeah, the thing I mean, is, you know, last night was uh, like a big uh, date for me. Years before, Fez had danced that night away. Yesterday, he doesn't even bring it up to me. Oh, wow. So... As things go by, you try to guess which side of things is going to... How do we just keep making them comfortable, you know? And you know what? I, mean, I, I would be just as thrilled and happy if Fez was to talk about it and say, I had a horrible time. You never talked it about it at all. terrible. I, I, Christian Glover just droned on. And you know what? Mona's everybody. right. You're a fucking depressing asshole, Paulo, and <laughs> borderline homophobic. Exactly. You kept a gay trapped in a in a theater. I was. It's, I, you know. I'm sorry. It was a unique opportunity to see Crispin Glover. I took it. The fact is, there's a million things to do in that city. Um, I, I, yes, you're saying the same things over and over. I'm sorry. Fez does not like to bring his experiences back to the show. Mainly, I think a lot of it has to do with Chris Stanley. What, what do I do? It, it always comes back to English cigarettes. <laughs> now, now, Fez, what did you think of the, the the park that we went to, the cloisters, the beautiful views of the Palisades, and so on? Well, I mean, it was a nice park, but we never got into where we were supposed to be going. So I, I mean, really don't true. have an opinion on a place we didn't go to. Well, but you got to see some views, and that's you, you walked the grounds that Tim Gunn walked, and uh, you know when he wants to. Tim Gunn. Thank. Well, who was that guy from uh, that? What's the guy's name? The 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 guy from that show says. Who am I talking about? I mentioned you mentioned the cloisters to me. I said the only time I ever heard about it was when Tim Gunn brought it up, and now yeah. you have put Tim Gunn up on this cloister pedestal. Okay, well, that may be true, but that I thought that made it interesting to you, so that's another reason why we went there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like a fucking nightmare. Cloisters <laughs> is nice, though. They're beautiful. Very beautiful. And, I mean, before, you knew you were only going to the grounds, right? 
Yeah, and I tried to talk him out of it, saying we didn't have time, but he still wanted to go, so I wanted to make Paulo happy as well. Why? Sorry. Why do you want to make Paulo happy? Because he had said this thing about the cloisters uh, for a month before he came up here. So why I, didn't you make it so you could go up when you could go in? There, he was only here for forty-eight hours, and there just wasn't time to get there when we could. You need more time with him. That's what I told. I go, well, you, if you want to plan something like that, you have to come when you can spend more time. But I only have a limited time left in my life. There's only a short amount of time left. This turned dark only. and ugly fast. <laughs> Sorry. Well, did you, did you sell anything in L.A.? Any of your scripts? No, no. Right now, right now, it's it's was sitting on the guy's desk, and and he said he can't do it now because he just bought some. Expenses. How much did you pay your partner for this trip? <sighs> Look, I mean, how much does he owe you? Well, he owes me. Let's say that he's going to pay me three thousand back in the in the near future. Oh. I'm willing to think it doesn't happen. No, it's not going to happen. Paulo. <laughs> There's a yeah. long con, Paulo. You're being slow played. Yes, maybe so. Maybe and I'm so going to say this. Buy that guy and also buy Fess. Yes, maybe so. I I really, truly am working very hard uh, writing now. I mean, we're, we're good partners, and we've been good partners for a long time. Unfortunately, money is a big issue all the way around. And so I Money mean, changes I, everything, man. Mo money, mo it, problems. Fuck, yeah. Biggie, fuck, mace. Yeah. Although I've also found less money, mo problems. A lot of problems with fucking less money. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a fucking Buddhist monk in the mountains somewhere, maybe. Maybe then. Money, less money is better. I got a fucking good idea for a movie. I call it Barack Obama Undercover Cop. And Barack Obama goes into crack areas, says, can I buy some crack? They sell it to him. And all of a sudden, the fucking cherries come lit. So he, he, and he just yells, freeze, 5-0. <laughs> He's still the president in this in this film, or is it just... Yeah. People are going to know it's the president. They're going to fucking start. Yeah, but they're thinking, fuck, I'm meeting the president. He wants to buy some crack. This is great. Sorry, he's 5-0. Now, here's another thing I think is really going to put the movie over. Casting. Playing the part of Barack Obama. Yeah. Barack Obama. We get that and some dick shots. I think people are going to be lined up for this movie. Third term with the dick shots. Yeah. And where is he? Where is he doing all of this? Uh, where is South side of Chicago. Makes Chicago, Chicago. Why not do it in You're Hawaii? Blowing up us? Then we could call it Hawaii Five O. No, I just like got a voicemail. What's up? Uh, it's just the doctor. Everything okay with the doc? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what time you work. <laughs> he should. I've mentioned it. Mm. Where does he meet? In the cloisters. They have great facilities up there. <laughs> Out of everybody that you know, who do you think would more most likely be a narc? Mark Zito. Yeah, but who would trust him enough to even fucking get in? <laughs> oh, he has somebody booked? Cancel them because of what happened with me and Liam. All right. I'm going to make a note. Make two notes. Note one. Make, make two notes in case they're very valuable in the future, and we'll have plenty of them out there. Note one. Fuck Liam. Note two, fuck Zito. I'm circling. Also, I had the idea if Obama really wants to fucking be a movie star, 
I got an idea to have him play uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown from that fucking movie. So it's like going to be a reimagining? Yeah, I guess. I mean, never was made in a movie. You know, they turn songs into movies sometimes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Turning songs into movies. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing for the first time ever, President Barack Obama. And we fucking real, we really seven these pimp this thing too. It's due. We need black exploitation back. Thank you. I want, I want pimps beating up honky crackers. Yeah. With their bottom bitch by their side. Do you write that list down, or what I'm now calling Ron's list? Yeah, like Schindler's look, list. Note one, note two. Fuck Liam, fuck Zito. Thanks. How much has that gone for on eBay? Fucking eighty-seven million dollars. Nice. Put it up as three. See if we get any fucking <laughs> any bumps. <laughs> well, what are we gonna do about this Fez uh, Apollo thing? It doesn't seem to be moving into a positive area. No, we're in negative town. Uh, oh, if I, I was one of us, I'd say I don't think, or I'm not sure if, or I don't believe. This is the simple problem. The simple problem is, is, as you say, I have to push him to do things. that, And I have to engage him and get him engaged in things. And, uh, you know, I have this. It's a very easy thing to do in New York City, to, to go out and engage. And get you, But he has to get excited about some of these things. I and mean, he shouldn't be angry at necessarily uh, just the social... What's the anger about? Uh, my anger was just about Paulo misrepresenting the night and how it happened. I said, I don't want to talk about that film. Why? I just heard about it for three and a half hours. But I was that, done. I was burned the, out on it. That's the time to discuss it. You haven't won. We don't even know what the film's about. We haven't heard about it. If, if we'll if never it, know it, what film this was. Oh. And then I said to him the next day, uh, what do you got to talk about today? Mm, nothing really. It's a 1930s Louis Bunel film called La Daisy or Dior. I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. But it's very rare. It's not well seen. Uh, La Chene Andalou had come out before and it was a big success. And this had, they literally tore the theater apart when it came out. That's how uh, controversial it was at the time. I mean, it's one of his early uh, sexually weird uh, movies and it was very and very controversial. Now, uh, why but, wouldn't you want to come in, talk about that, and say, "Do you think we even still have movies like that anymore? Is cinema still that powerful? There would be a place for you to bring some experience in and explain to us what you thought about what happened in that period and what's happening now." And then we'd be like, "Well, let me think about that, Fez. That's interesting," uh, and we'd jump into it. But it's, I'm now thinking maybe you and Paulo need couples counseling. I, they, I would, is I there would, a thing I for two friends? Can two friends I go to couples it. counseling? I believe so. We, or we can find someone to do it. I I would do it. I would go, Fez. Would you He's go, not saying Fez? anything. It's very tough. Fez, so, it would be he, good you, to go. You are getting what's known as the cold shoulder, Paulo. I know. It's hurtful. I don't think there's anything to counsel. I just didn't enjoy sitting in the theater that long. I think it's that simple. It, but yeah. you're missing... Well, look at the point that I just brought up. You could have taken that, that experience, came back in here, and brought up something that could have got everybody talking. 
Yeah, I yes, didn't think you of that. Been very upset. You but that's what you do with, with art. You don't just fucking hit it on the nose, right? You think about the art itself, and then you bring that back to discussing with people. I mean, Crispin Glover couldn't have been more excited to be there, showing this film from like you know. Uh, nearly uh, 90 years ago. I mean, it, he couldn't have been more excited. Now, Chris Stanley, you were talking to me about something that interested you. A pre-punk movement that seemed to be somewhat exciting to you. Oh, yeah, it's uh, proto-punk. The, the bands that came before punk rock was recognized as as a genre of music. And I thought it was incredibly interesting that there was all these bands before that that all contributed to the sound that is what that became punk. Well, you know, like the Ramo I think the three bands that people most associate with the rights of punk rock was say the Ramones, Clash, and Sex Pistols. But there was plenty of bands before them that all added to that sound to create what punk rock is. And I wrote a five, correlating with that, the proto punk bands of the sixties and seventies. Dave Marsh coined the term punk rock in 1971. Now, who was he talking about when he said that? Uh, question mark and the Mysterians. In between, and then it's pretty recognized that between 74 and 76 was when the bands like the Ramones, like I said, the Ramones, Sex Pistols, and The Clash came on the scene. But through the 60s and very early 70s, up until about 71, 72, there were bands that had a lot to do with what made them who those later bands are. Uh, the first band I have on the five is a garage. It was at the time it was called Garage Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the Sonics. They were out of uh, Tacoma, Washington. They formed like in 1960. They were broken up by '68. Uh, they still tour today somewhat around the world, but they were just a garage rock band that was harder and faster than other garage rock bands. And they they're, they're, they covered a lot of songs like Half Level Travel. And uh, people know those versions of those songs. But they also have originals like Strychnine that talked about just doing cheap drugs to get high and have fun. And here's a little bit of the Sonics from, this is 64. Now, did you ever have anything that you thought might have been cut with strychnine? I always heard that, like like you know, like acid or something. Or I had always heard the same, <laughs> but there were uh, the, there had been acid that there would suddenly become a pain that would feel you know somewhat like an appendix attack. <laughs> you get freaked out. There he is. There goes Liam. By fucking, if I wasn't doing this, I'd fucking. He just walked right by. Oh, this cocksucker. <laughs> What's so funny? You don't even know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> he likes it because somebody else is in trouble. <laughs> and these guys are doing stuff that didn't sound like a lot else in the you know, early 60s. Now, what got you thinking about this? I was... like, I, For first, I, I was just thinking, like, 
where did like the Clash get their influences from? Right. And and before and before them there was the Ramones. Where, like they, they just come out of nowhere? No, it didn't. They were, they had to been listening to stuff before this. And then I found I didn't even know what the term was. It's called proto punk. I didn't even hear that term either. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? What the fuck? But it is an actual. There's plenty of bands that are in that category. Now, um, Fez, you think that you could have thought about that with the art that you saw that night? It might have set off to something to come back, like Chris has shown this interest here. What else you got for us, Chris? All right, so that was uh, early '60s, the Sonics. Um, again, in the early '60s, there was another band out of Michigan. You might know them as the MC5. I do know them as that. <laughs> and they probably... No, they, they, they've made the, the, the most... It's covered and covered so many times. The most punk rock song ever, really. Of, of the song that says, Fuck the Man. And it's Kick Out the Jams. This is your favorite song of all time? Uh, yeah. I mean, kick, I mean, this, they, they're saying, kick out the jams, motherfucker, in 1969. They're freaking people out. And there's a documentary on the MC5 also that I think people should check out, and it talks to them about being in the White Panther Party, which was this... Yeah, they were fucking crazy. <laughs> they used to steal the equipment. Other places that they were supposed to play later that night. Yeah, they were totally insane. Yeah, the White Panther Party was uh, another arm of the Black Panther Party. <laughs> Although not right. okayed by the Black Panther Party. <laughs> yeah, so it's and you know, unlike the you know, punk is like short, fast songs. I mean, they would jam out a little bit. They were also categorized as like psychedelic rock. And some you know, some songs were eight, ten minutes long. I mean, the band only lasted maybe two albums. They might have released a third album. But uh, by 72, they were just totally broken up. Do you think a genre and style could come out these days that would really actually shock people and, like, come out of left field? Like, they would have punk, like, nowadays, but it would just be, like, them copying what they would think, like, what punk is. So what is. you're saying, is there yeah. anything left that could be totally original? Or would you have to just... You know, figure out a way to squeeze a fucking dog's balls and make music out of it. Like now, it's a lot of like uh, the one thing I could think of that's new would kind of be that like Skrillex type music, but that just gets kind of like trashed on. And I don't, I'm kind of like wary to trash it because like I don't want to, because these bands were probably trashed by yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, you don't want to sound like Dean Martin like fan. These day, yeah, back like in their hey, day, but not these long haired Beatles are doing shit. <laughs> no, I totally get that as well. Van Gogh's ear. You're fucking nervous about the Van Gogh's ear aspect of it all. Um, so, what do you think, Chris? Could somebody pick up a guitar and make something completely new? Uh, or do you have to go off instruments? 
I, I think so. I, I think people could still be able to do it because, I, like uh, Shelby said, first time I heard Skrillex, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And it sounded like crazy fucking just sounds. Mm-hmm. But you listen to it enough, it, there's you know he's actually making these these things. Yeah, but is he making anything original, or does he already need other things to make his product? I, the samples. I mean, the DJing stuff has always been the problem. Of they need music before they can make music. Yeah, I think the most popular of both that brand of stuff has samples from other music. And which... I've heard some of his stuff that I like. Just admittedly, like at first I just said, "No, this is dumb." But like I got into some of his more stuff. But I think a lot of people tend to dislike him even because of his fans. Like they just think they're just young people who just care about, you know, stuff and they just don't... Yeah, I mean, there's certainly not what you would call a hip fucking crew. (laughs) There are a lot of bad frats in there, if you know what I mean. There are a lot of rich kids. You see it when they have the DJs come here? Yeah. It's... All rich white kids, just and you can just tell immediately when they had the DJs and they have like you know fifty, sixty people in the fucking fishbowl. Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to see somebody with a five hundred and fifty dollar fucking pair of sneakers and say, "Hey, they're breaking through to the other side right now." Yeah, that's. Funny. I mean, it all moves, starts to be like liquid golf courses, you know. <laughs> At a certain point, like, what do we care? In the future, will that be considered like a classical thing? Like if a DJ came in with turntables, you know, if we're like 20, 40 years in the future, is that going to be considered like a classical performance? Well, I don't think you mean classical. You no, mean not classic classical. rock? You mean like are they going to have their own genre of nostalgia involved in them? Yeah, but I mean it would be like if you saw like a... Like someone performing a Mozart, a classical con- uh, concert today, and those and those turntables no, would be considered like old instruments that have been around for years and years. Yeah, I don't know if I would use the word classical with that because you know you you have mandolins and shit like that, and that's not considered classical. Classical certainly means that one era that they're talking about. But are you saying will that equipment be outdated? Yeah, the, everything will, you know, everything moves on to the next piece where somebody's going to be saying, why do you need that whole thing when you can do it all in this tiny little thing now? But what what I really think is uh, uh, is crazy about the whole thing is everything starts with the rejection of what came before them and then those people rejecting the new music, you know? Like, when the guys started doing hip-hop, no one was fucking impressed outside of their neighborhood. (laughs) You know, we were like, yeah, I've seen it before in a fucking disco, you know? You're just a club DJ yelling over records. Who gives a shit? But, you know, know, the the interesting thing, too, is that these people are forgotten to a certain degree, whereas the people who came later, like Green Day, you know, they're... They've made tons and tons of money. This is the second attack on Green Day today. I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can take people with a. Uh, I mean, they did make a lot of money, and I think MC5 and all of those guys. I don't know if they may have never made that much money. But but what are you trying? If you're really trying to make money. You probably wouldn't have started to sound like the MC5 in the first place. I don't think they cared about making money. Yeah. Those guys, these right. guys were and deep I mean, into their crazy politics. 
on some degree, the, the Louis Bunel film was a perfect example because he was doing things like having Jesus being part of the, uh, you know, Spanish Inquisition and things like that, you know, that totally outraged people. Uh, and having people sucking on toes and things that were just not done in those movies back in those days. So, so naturally that turned into a very dark period for him where he was, he was not making money after that movie. Uh, and it's kind of, three years later, after the MC5 uh, debuted in 64, there was another band out of Michigan called the Iggy Pop and the Stooges. And in my opinion, Iggy Pop is the greatest punk rock frontman of all time. Without a doubt, with his just ridiculous fucking antics on stage. I saw, I was able to see him live a few years ago. And even though he's much older now, he's still he still puts on a fucking show. He controls the crowd. It's it's amazing. It's amazing to fucking watch, even at, even now. And uh, here's 1969 with the Stooges. All right. How much that actually sounds like question mark and the Mysterians, you know? This is amazing. Between that first, the, 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 the three albums, Funhouse, The Stooges, and Raw Power, it, it's it's an, just amazing rock and roll. Just fucking just, that will always stand up to the test of time. And yet, zero radio play. <laughs> zero radio play. Fuck is, it, it's fucking insulting, really. This, they, they hear that these that these guys aren't fucking just known everywhere. That everyone should well, fucking you know there used to them. be these magazines called like Circus Magazine back in the early seventies that would feature Iggy all the time because his stage antics were insane. I mean, he would be self mutilating. No, I don't think he ever did it on purpose. I think it was just whatever was happening at the moment. He'd, he'd he did it on purpose. Himself. Hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, yeah I've talked me. to. Um, and I think I even talked to Iggy about that the time that he came in. It's like I saw those guys in magazines. The New York Dolls were the same way, where you would see pictures, but you would never hear them. It took forever to get around to fucking hearing the music. I mean, like, there were plenty of record places that didn't even sell their albums. It's crazy. He had to wait forever until actually they actually got. Then you ran across somebody who had one of the fucking albums. (laughs) You're like, what? Really? Let's go fucking listen to it. Like, I don't know if any kid ever says to someone now, "Oh, let's go over to your house and listen to music." I don't know if that fucking exists. You get sent a link. Yeah, right. (laughs) And it's a lot different. That's a much different experience. I guess it's more personal or. 
I mean, maybe the shared experience could be better when you're fucking, if you're discovering, like, you meet the person who has it, right? And then they're they're showing it to you, and you're there together listening to this fucking music that you've been Well, I think it comes down to this. There is a scene in The End of the World, right? You saw it, Shelps? Uh, yeah, this is the way one. the world ends, yeah. or whatever the fuck it's this called. The end. Yeah. All right, they don't have much water, right? There's not much water, and they put it in champagne glasses, and you see them tasting it, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" And it's really just you know bottled water, because there's less of it, it's more precious, right? Yeah. So, I don't. I think. And there's, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but I'm saying if you can go to YouTube and listen to any song that you ever want to hear at any time, that's much different than some kid in 1966 sitting next to a fucking radio all day waiting for when Satisfaction is going to pop up, and then he blasts his fucking radio. You know what I mean? His fucking... Intensity level is going to be through the roof when he finally gets to hear it. Now, does that mean we should have less? No one's ever going to agree with that. But you can't doubt the fact when people could only get an orange like once a year, that they were going to find an orange to be a lot more precious than the way people feel about an orange at the supermarket where you could have one every day if you want it. Well, now it's just, it becomes disposable. It's fucking weird. It's disposable. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is, um... Here's uh, Alex. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. You guys were talking about um, uh, punk rock frontmen. And he, and uh, Pepper, I believe you said that uh, Iggy Pop was the greatest. Yeah, I have to disagree with you. Okay, Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen was fucking was it was he was eating shit on stage, and he was also post punk. Yeah, that you was know the he's doing a proto fucking punk thing that he's put together, and you're talking about a guy who came along after everyone else had already done stuff and said, "How far do I got to go to shock?" I know. Eat my own shit. And was there any music there? I mean, no. Can anyone name a goddamn Gigi Allen Dude, song? Dude, I was down in Florida when he was there the whole time, yeah. and every show was busted a couple songs in. <laughs> so it was really more about that than anything yeah. else. It's a freak show. Come on, Gigi Allen. Give me a fucking break. Please. Uh, next, the third band out of Michigan is a band that I just watched a documentary about, yeah. the band Death. Uh, I've heard of this documentary. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen it. It's, I've been listening to this band like all summer. It's like you I'd go out and like download their album or buy it, it without just do it. It's they're amazing. No, these guys weren't heard by anybody, right? Never nope. got big. I um and they're black dudes. Three three black brothers from Detroit. Uh, they first formed, uh, formed a RB group, and then they said, "Fuck it." Let's, we're gonna go in this direction, and out of the five, the five out of this five, these guys had the closest thing to what I guess you could consider a modern punk sound, and no one listened to them. It's it's fu- it's fucking crazy. Like the Talking Heads in the documentary, like uh, like Henry Rollins or whatever. They're like, yeah, this 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 was this is great. I never heard of it, and, you know. And they found out about them like in the nineties or whatever, when when people started being able to share records online. All right, let's hear a little bit of them. Okay, this is uh, this is politicians in my eyes. One, two, three, now! 
60 sound there when that kicks in though yeah they could have gotten big too like they were approached by clive davis to sign a record deal but people were like the uh, your band is called death no one's gonna listen to you You gotta like change it and they're like front man was like nope we're not gonna do it and that's like the most punk thing you can pretty much do was um clive really dug him though and wanted him to do it yeah he liked the the sound he was gonna produce the record or whatever but they're like we're not changing the name it's death so strange. Yeah, it's a really fucking crazy story. Um, here's Al in Maryland. You're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, hey, you're right. Uh, kids just don't listen to music anymore. I remember the first time I heard the New York Dolls, my neighbor was a senior in high school. I was a freshman, a kid. She was a woman. Uh, fishnet stockings, mini skirt, glam, you know, makeup. She had under her arm. I was waiting for the bus. She's waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up at a real nice Camaro. But, uh, She's got this New York Dolls album, and I thought I talked her into it. Hey, I gotta, I gotta like to listen to that. Yeah, you know? so she invites me back to her room after school. Fine, I've been begging her to listen to this music, and she we listen to this New York Dolls album. As I've never forgotten, I, I just don't think kids do that anymore. Nothing ever happened with this girl, unfortunately. Well, there, there, yeah, but the thing is, there is no reason to do it. Like um, Higgs put it best, you just send somebody a link and say here check this out and then later they'll go they might go oh i went deeper here check these other things you know what i mean like the 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 whole thing of finding out a band a band happens very very quickly tomorrow we're going to have on one of the and i don't want to give too much away but uh, one of the real great rock photographers of all time the the fact that there isn't that many much rock or even hip-hop photography today is because it's not really needed that some of these bands you would hear their music and just look at a couple pictures and then it was up to you to decide who these guys were but now is there anyone in this country who doesn't know kanye and thinks they know everything there is to know about him. I mean, basically a lot of guys are like reality shows. It's, I can't tell you how mysterious rock stars used to be. It's become marketing, where, you know, we're going to fucking tell you everything about this person so that she listens to the music, instead of just listening to the music and then finding out about the person. But you also destroy something in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were things like uh, if you w- wanted to get into the band, and most of the time you would get a from your older brother's albums or whatever. He'd fucking listen to it. You're like, this is crazy. You'd look at the one picture on the back. You didn't know who was who, who played what instrument, who was the leader, who was this. Now, if they bring you on anything, everyone knows everything there is to know about the people, who they're dating, what they were in before. Um, There's no mystery. There's nothing. There's no places to make the legends. It's the same size as you now. Um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Roy, uh, 
going to somebody's house or having somebody come over and listen to, to music was the greatest, man. I mean, I'm, I'm in my early 40s. Uh, that was going on like 25 years ago. I remember just closing the door, listening to an album. You know, it took like 36, 38 minutes, however long it, you know, an album was back then. We had our own little concert in there, man. You know, we'd sneak a bottle of booze or whatever. We'd open the door and be all fucked up. And what are the albums up. that you really remember listening to that way? Uh, you know, it wasn't nothing deep, but I remember the first time we got Master of Puppets, because we kind of listened to other bands in the Texas Panhandle, man, and right. uh, it was kind of glam rock what we listened to, and then we got that first Master of Puppets, and it just blew our fucking minds, man. And, we, and, and here's another great thing that was the early Metallica stuff. Radio would not embrace that, and the so the fucking kids loved it even more. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you great. weren't being fed this from MTV. Uh, it was even fucking cooler to get into uh, Metallica. Um, here is uh, Paul in Wisconsin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, uh, I knew I was going to get a, a, a boombox for my birthday one year, so I, about six months before that, I, I joined BMG and I started getting all the Black Sabbath CDs that they had available, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't even have a way to play them, but I just laid in bed every night and read all the lyrics, I had no idea what the sound so song sounded like, read all the members of the band and all, and I just laid there every night. It's a completely different experience, it's a completely different experience and and you would think a you know in a lot of ways you would think a worse experience wouldn't you think more choice would make people happier but i don't know if that's true you know it's almost like when you eat a lot food doesn't taste as good if you god damn it or in production, if you only got to eat two meals a week, imagine how important those meals would be to you, and how you felt about it. And 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 I wonder too if that's why like ancient people used to pray, like this is so important. I don't want to just eat it. I want to be thankful that I'm eating it. Where really, I mean, what's the chances that if you tell a kid pray at McDonald's? He's like, really, what's the whole big deal? We have food all the time. It's a dollar menu. You know, yeah, it's not all that important. Um, like if you're to, if someone offered you like a Snickers now, you'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. But if you're on an airplane, you'd shell out like 50 bucks for one of their coming I'm down the aisle with them. One, night, one day I was on a flight, this kind of uh, private flight going to this casino, and this dude opened up a fucking hoagie. And I was like, I'll give you a fucking C-note for that hoagie right now. It smelled so goddamn good. But imagine if no one ever had anything sweet, ever, what a Snickers would taste like. What the shittiest candy bar you imagine could taste like, you'd be rolling over on the ground. Boy, it would be like fucking gold. And really, I mean, isn't that what people like about Cuban cigars? That you can't really get them? <laughs> what they like about really great wine is that it's rare. Oh. It probably doesn't taste as good as a grape fucking juice, you know? <clears throat> but the, it's the rareness that you turn tend to appreciate. Um... And that's why you see a lot of these dudes like Rod Stewart. Like, they get fucked so many times that, you know, sooner or later they're like, 
what about a dick? You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you should just suck a cock. That old pussy. <laughs> Go for it. You know, I've done pussy for so long. What else is there? Um, and really, that was the great thing about growing up Catholic, is that you absolutely could not have sex, you were told. It was a sin. So there was nothing you thought of more than that. But do you think kids are that precious about sex today because there's constant pornography? Obviously not. That's why there's constantly there's a story out you know, once a week of children sexing each other or the lower and lower ages of kids accessing pornography and sending vines of their fucking genitals. Um, we got a break here, right? Yeah. Paulo? Yes, we got nowhere with the Fez thing. Well, I mean, it's something. I got a break, work. Paul. All right, but you guys have got to start and talk every night. I agree. And you got to start talking on the air, Fez. I mean, that thing that you could have came in, you could have been today's Chris Stanley if you wanted to off that deal. All right, we got a break. We'll be right back. It's around Fez show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OP and Anthony channel. More in moments. It's Dish Network and the Hopper, the Hopper, the only DVR system with auto hop. If you despise commercials and don't want to sit there with your remote control fast forwarding through them, then get the Hopper from Dish Network. It has the auto hop feature that you enable whenever you start watching a pre-programmed television show. You'd punch that button and then the commercials are automatically hopped over. It regains the, or, um, comes back to the show exactly when you're ready for it. No more fast-forwarding past the show, having to go backwards. You set the remote, and then you're done with it. It's Auto Hop from Dish Network and The Hopper. You can get all the primetime with just the push of a button, with their primetime anytime feature, and the DVR, The Hopper, holds thousands and thousands of hours of pre-programmed television events. It's The Hopper from Dish Network. Packages start at just $29.99. Call Dish at 1-800-WATCH-TV. 1-800-WATCH-TV. Watch TV to get Dish Network today. That's 1-800-WATCH-TV for Dish. Donald Fagan. And anytime you hear Donald Fagan, 
You're going to hear Earl Douglas right after that. <laughs> Buddies. I like to call... I If I had a nickname for Earl, it would be Black Steely Dan. <laughs> it is like... Fagan's like a comfortable sweater or a comfortable pair of shoes. It just When it comes on, it just makes you feel good. It just makes you feel like... You're Ronald Reagan, sitting there with a nice sweater on. <laughs> By the way, uh, Obama was just on TV, and Chris Stanley says, look, there's an obese woman behind him. It's going to be a meme tomorrow, right? Yeah. Then he goes to Twitter, and he puts in Obama fat, and apparently <laughs> everyone is just caught up on the fact that a large woman was sitting behind Obama. Duh. This country is fucking nuts. <laughs> The fat lady behind Obama looks like she missed breakfast. <laughs> Got my eyes fixated on the elbow fat of this fat bitch sitting behind Obama. I that lady next to Obama's fat as hell. This makes you not want good seats. <laughs> she just fucking got... Oh, she must have been so excited. I'm going to sit by and I'm going to be right next to Obama. The leader of the free world, and don't, all we're going to talk about is her weight. Don't check, don't check Twitter, lady. No one has any idea what the speech was about. <laughs> we don't even turn it up. Millions of jobs lost in homes. But forget that. There's a fat woman. <laughs> that fat woman is staring into my soul. <laughs> Hashtag Obama. Oh, boy. You started this. No, I didn't. I just fucking made a goddamn fucking observation. <laughs> Earl, what's happening with you lately? Uh, just trying to keep busy. You know, hard rock is still going strong. We're in busy season, so it's a little Why are you so busy ever. now? Buses? <laughs> this time of year is all buses? Uh, it's just, you know, everyone's vacationing both here and everyone's coming from all over the world, so it's it's crazier than usual. All right, you know how we thought we had the Song of the Summer picked, right? Yeah, Daft Punk, Get Lucky. Great pick. That was my Song of the Summer. It seems like the Robin Thicke song is coming on fast and yeah, hard. But it, but I liked it better when it was called... It's it's the Marvin Gaye song. Mm. Well, I got to give it up. It's the same song. <laughs> My favorite song, I don't know any of the lyrics. Alright, let's take a little, a little listen to the thick. It's the video. This is the unrated version. And this fucking brunette just with her tits hanging out. That's very Prince, too. He looks so much like his dad, it's crazy. I know we posted this up on the iBank. Alright, you gotta pick right now what song of the summer. I'm still going with Daft Punk. Picks. I'm switching over to Blurred Lines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like a man who doesn't stick with his original. <laughs> All right. It's only going to take us down to Mr. Music, Shelby. Shelby, you're the tiebreaker. Definitely DP, Daft Punk. Mm. You know, between ro French robots and <laughs> naked women, I'm picking with naked women video. And, uh, you know, no offense to fucking Daft Punk. Offense taken. <laughs> Um, Daft Punk's having a party at my house. My house. Earl, it's good to see you. It's good to be here. Good to see um, everybody. I want you to 
uh, try to guess who our caller is. It's a new uh, thing called Earl. Guess the caller. For newer listeners, Earl used to be the producer of the show, left to take the job as my best friend. And I know what you're thinking. My God, how edgy and cool is Ron to have a black guy as a best <laughs> friend? I guess very. <laughs> Try to see if you can guess this get, this voice. Yes, mystery caller. Earl, you're supposed to be at work right now. <laughs> Are you his conscience? <laughs> Earl, you're supposed to be at work. I'm, I'm off today, John. Maybe this is one day he doesn't have to serve his white masa. (laughs) Carl, you're not an authorized representative of Hard Rock. You can't talk about things like that. He really is. I I said things are going great. What else can you say? Do you have a problem if we start and call him Hard Rock Girl? You can call him Hard Rock Girl. That's fine. (laughs) Sounds like something you put in your car. But it's not Hard Black Girl. All right. Hard black girl would be a little different. I mean, I don't have a problem if you call him that either. It doesn't matter to me. That's fucking racism. Rock hard black girl. All right. Now you see, you get a little too far. All right. The kid was supposed that we were told there were free cupcakes somewhere in the building. Where are they? They're in the boardroom filled with a bunch of interns trying to move their careers along by sitting in a meeting with cupcakes. <laughs> Who's uh, running the meeting? Some white guy. Who cares? <laughs> Christ. Some suit. So you can all grow up to be white guys someday if you keep working at it. You've failed to get food. You Look, there's one intern that was able to do it successfully. That's UCB Fred. He went down to the 19th floor, went to one of those snack and learn meetings, well, just barged in and said, hey, there's interns who need food upstairs. Took a pizza pie and just brought it directly to the studio. I we ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> took a whole pie. Yeah. You know why? Took a whole pie up here. And I, for an intern to come walking in here with a pizza was the most exciting. We've been waiting. I mean, we dropped the hint about the Neapolitan truck out front. Mm. And I'm like, did anybody pick up on the hint? Is anybody grabbing it? No. No, no pizza. Stolen or otherwise. It's like a whole pie. I like that. <laughs> um, Johnny, what, how is Earl doing at work? Earl does very well at work. We're very happy to have Earl here. As I've always said, we're, he's a shining, shining star of an employee. Then maybe it's a little time to give him some stimmy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Help brother Let him Come wet on. his beak a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we'll have to see him, give him a little promotion or something. I don't know, he's already the vibe manager. Well, Why you give him that? that Bronx fucking hard rock? I think he'd be fine up there with the Yankees. He could go work at Yankee, I guess. I would love that. Earl fucking hits from either side of the plate, he hits for average, and is ready to go long ball. Here's something else that's different about Earl. He can still square off and lay down that bunt. For a sacrifice or a base hit. How many fucking tools does this guy have? All. Holy shit. He's a seven-tool player. Yeah. I'm going to call him Home Depot from now on. (laughs) Earl, the other day, was in a meeting, and someone said, is something wrong with Earl? What does he keep doing? He was practicing his swing. He was in in a meeting practicing his softball swing. That's how dedicated he is to softball. And work. He was doing both. What uh, softball team are you playing with? The Hard Rock Raiders? Nah, uh, you know, None at all? you gotta keep, you got to stay in shape, Ronnie. Even while a meeting is going on, yeah. you're having an imaginary boys softball game in your head. <laughs> he really was. Keeping the swing down. Yeah. 
almost wanted to go grab a bat and a ball and just have a toss with him while we were in a meeting. <laughs> no one for the game. <laughs> Make sure you get in on the opening lines the great unwritten rock novels contest on the front page of the Interrobang. Now, one more day to play. And what you have to do is find that lyric, that opening lyric that would also make the great opening line to a novel, but also write up the blurb for what that novel is about. Submit both those things, and you get a chance to win signed Elvis Costello on CD. What would you pick for yourself, Fess? Um, I was thinking she was an American girl. Now, do you realize that American girl comes up no matter what you talk about? It's my go-to answer, mm -hmm. because I just don't know any other music. Well, at least you did your go-to. Uh, what, what about for you, Earl? Best uh, opening line. Um, uh, Pimps up, hose down? <laughs> no, just, <laughs> uh, just about any open, uh, I always think of I always think of Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Hurricane made the list. Hurricane is up there. Pistol shots ring out in a barroom night. Yeah. You would have made the list. And that is the great unwritten... Well, this would have been true crime novel, really. Yeah. I mean, nice. How about for you, Johnny? I am Iron Man. You still going back to that one? <laughs> no, I don't know. I was going to go with The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Maiden, but then I realized, <laughs> damn it, I can't do that one. Was, someone did that already. You were actually thinking if Eddie Trunk ran this one. <laughs> he was running this show. Oh, please, don't even bring him up. Poor fella. I saw him earlier this week, but I didn't get too much of a chance to say hi. He's kicking ass and taking names, though. Oh, yeah. He's all over the place. Good thing he didn't get to talk to you about his little little fender bender, the poor fella. He's not happy with management. He's never happy with management. <laughs> Anywhere. At any place. It's not even there. It's like he'll go into a restaurant and be unhappy with management there, because he's so disillusioned by management. He doesn't understand why he's not it. He wants to be a PD everywhere. They always say that unhappiness and anger are a great place to come from. It's a great way to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, this person has a question. Maybe we could all jump in together. Ty, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, is it Todd you're looking for? Yeah. Hey, how are you, Ronnie? Don't worry about me. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to worry about you at all. Listen, I've got a, a situation where I've been asked to consider adopting a child. Mm -hmm. my, my wife and I, I'm 45, she's 42. We've got a seven-year-old boy. Life's perfect. We weren't looking to do this whatsoever. But uh, a friend of mine came to me, and, and he's got a friend whose niece got pregnant, kept the baby, doesn't know who the father is, and the baby happens to be black. We live in a predominantly white area. And... Like I said, it wasn't anything we were looking to do, but now we're really considering it. We're considering it from all angles, especially the little girl's angle, because we don't know if that'd be the best place for her with us, or maybe somewhere closer to where she's from would be better. You know, I think it's 2013. You, I, I, first of all, I don't see uh, race the way my parents did, and my kids don't see race the way I do. I think... You know, progress is happening. I think it's less weird all the time. Earl, what about for you? I mean, just the fact that you're, you know, you've been even approached about it. Go for it. Why not? You like the idea of it? Yeah. Would you have a problem with bleaching that baby to fit in with the others? <laughs> no. <laughs> not bleaching. It's okay. very doable. I, I just don't think that young kids 
are, uh, you know, every generation gets less weirded out, you know. Yeah, my son's that way. He's seven, and he doesn't, I mean, he sees people like he sees cars, you know, black cars or right. down the road and some of the white cars, and some of the white cars break down, and some of the black cars break down, and some of the red cars are great. In, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, it would have been weird and it would have been a concern for parents to say, is this the best thing for the kid? Uh, but I think those days are long behind us. Yeah, we're, we're at least a generation removed from it. Two. I think I, we're two generations. I think. I agree with that, but there yeah. is some exposure that that child was going to have with my family. You know, my parents are from that other generation where... Fuck them. <laughs> Look, when you adopt that kid, you're going to love that kid more than you love your parents. That's also the nature of the world. Same way. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that as well. All right. Um, do you give me something else to think about? I appreciate it, man. All right, bro. Have a great day. I like the fact that this kid does not know whether it's going to get adopted or not. Is right now. There is a white life <laughs> out there. Earl, you would have loved to have been adopted by white people, right? <laughs> I, I love my parents. I love my yeah, family. Yeah, I understand, but you've been eating something different than jelly sandwiches every night. <laughs> jelly. I'm not a particularly big fan of jelly. <laughs> sure, you ate so much of it when you were a no, kid. <laughs> Earl, jelly sandwiches. <laughs> like, Earl, just think, you'd be able to swim now. <laughs> well, I, 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 I do want to learn how to swim. I want to send you and Chris together. Wait, you don't know how to swim? No. Nope. nope. I'm Queens. from Queens. dude. All right? I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm I get from much Queens, bite. Dude. Come on. I want to take you guys from inner city to inner tube. <laughs> and then kick out of that. <laughs> Sounds like fun. There was a fucking black kid in my school that didn't know how to fucking swim and didn't know it. We had a pool at our school. So the fucking teacher says, dive out and swim the length of the pool. And then it's free swim. Someone's diving one after another. This fucking kid, he goes in and just goes to the bottom like a rock. And he's laying on the bottom. Everyone's like looking down and they're like, is that fucking Benny? And everyone just starts laughing. But he's like, yeah. Dying? Yeah, well, that, but still, I mean, it's your friend. And he can't swim and he's laying at the bottom. And um, the fucking teacher had to drag him out. And we were laughing like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> so he's like, basically give him CPR or whatever. Yeah, but we were like, why wouldn't you just walk in and see whether you can swim or not? Why? And he's like, every other motherfucker could. I didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> I always remember when, um, remember that show, The Superstars? Yeah. And um, they had, you know, it was all these competitions. And they actually played for money. Because that's how much, that's how little athletes made. And Joe, I think it was Joe Frazier, they had the swimming competition. And he told them straight up, because I can't swim. So, but you got to participate? Straight down. I've seen those shows too. Some fucking guys don't know how to ride a bike. Like some people yeah. just never rode a bike. And they're like, all right, you're in the bike race. And he goes, okay, how do you do it? And they're like <laughs> trying to pick up riding a bike. Yeah, off ride the bat. Uh, either and either is up there. Shelves, this is something that you and uh, Fez put together. Yeah, being like the show sports guy, I thought, you know, what's a good either and either do? We got NBA player or tech stock. All right, Earl, you think you know enough about this? Yeah, I can give it a shot. All right, let's all do this. Either or neither, getting high off of ether, riding a zebra, getting jungle fever. Either or neither, it's time for some fun. Take one or none, it's either or neither. But that song's awful. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, neither neither. Can I also say something? I think you calling yourself the show sports guy is a dig at Bob. Really? I, yeah, I think yeah. he is the show sports guy. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? First one. Well, yeah, these odd form players. They have like these crazy names. Racism. So, God damn it! Can't argue with that. First off, Vesely. 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 Is it a player? Is it a tech stock or neither, Earl? I will say NBA player. Oh. Next, Agilisis. 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 Everyone can play along. This is up on the iBank today. Agilisis. I'm going to stay neither. All right, Earl. Amberella. 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 I will say NBA player. Also, Hicks's nickname for his penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the same Amber umbrella. Ella, Ella. <laughs> Are we done now? Not quite. Number four, Fournier. Fournier. Uh, NBA player. Wow. Do you know him? Me neither. Number five, James. <laughs> <laughs> Wade Chamberlain Barker. Rosetta Stone no. Rosetta Stone? <laughs> he said Rosetta Yeah <laughs> that's, that's neither He's kidding I think Zade, It's Zaidlin Zaidlin? Um, NBA player this reminds me of being at the DMV. It's really fun. <laughs> Calderon. Is it a tech company or is he averaging eight assists per game? <laughs> I'll say tech, com- tech stock. Oh, man. Erickson. Tech stock. Navarre. NBA player. Pharrell. Scott Pharrell. I gotta be the man if you're the man. Is he still with us? I don't believe so, no. I can't keep up with anybody who's still here and not here. I think he's at CBS. Yeah, is that right over here at CBS? Light it up. <laughs> uh, I'll say NBA player. Wow. Jerebko. Still, huh? Is it still happening? <laughs> Just say I'm almost finished here. Almost finished here. Just 40. Neither. (laughs) If you want, uh, we're going to break and let you get a drink of water. Tomorrow. Neither or neither, it's a punishment game. (laughs) Renesola. 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 Neither. Sotoro. Oh, Jesus. It's the last one. That was the whiskey from fucking Lost in Translation. <laughs> uh, Senatoro Day. NBA, NBA player. All right. That's it. Let's see how he did. Hey, what did he what Does did not he? look like you know. Well, how many NBA right did he get? How many right or wrong? I'd like to tell you how many, but it doesn't say how many. Here. It doesn't say on either or neither. Why? 
because then you have that's part of the game. You have to go back and try to figure out where you screwed up. Well, who would want to do that twice? <laughs> First of all, you could tell where you screwed up if you had any idea of the tech stocks or sports names. I'm a degenerate gambler day trader, so I'm going to fucking dominate this shit. Here's a bonus one. I don't get... Uh, see, I remember when that used to be on, like, how well do you know someone, right? Like when we did the Louis C.K. questions. Uh -huh. But that's a lot different than here's some words you never heard before. Try to guess where they go. How would you possibly go back and do this? It's not even like we have, like, I know these seven are correct, but I guessed at these five. Yeah. You guessed at 12, right? Yeah, it was at least, was it 12? Yeah, it was 12. 12. There's 12 questions. Did any of us know for sure? Any of them? Did <laughs> we know one tech stop or <laughs> NBA player? No. I, I was absolutely winging it. Uh, if you said, like, Apple, I would have been able to. Your winging it was you said three NBA players in a row, and, th and three tech stocks, and then three fucking needles. <laughs> I mean, how would you go back and change it? You have to just try to go by feeling and think, are all you, right. Are you keep doing it. Do you think you're doing it by the end of the show? Yeah. Okay. Does he know the answers? I hope so. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, Shelby. Damn. I remember having this conversation before, the last time we played Either and Either, that there has to be some connection. I mean, I don't know how it was a game if you go by feeling. Like Jeopardy, the whole reason is some people know. That's why Jeopardy is a popular game. Not no one knows. <laughs> that you is know basically something. what number am I thinking of? Fifteen. Fifteen. Sorry, five. Fuck! You had it, though. You had the five thing. All right, between zero and nine. Hicks. Seven. For a million dollars. Please. It's seven. I know it has to be seven. I have a one in nine chance. It's six. Fuck! You went too soon before I could think about it. Again, it one your, more time for a million answer? dollars. Between one and nine. Yeah. It's got to be two. Here's the thing. I will let you know now. Yeah. Or give you two other picks for free and drive it to two million dollars. Double down. All right, so I'll take I'll take I'll take the double down. Okay, what do you got? All right, two and nine. You still want to keep the two? Yeah, I want to keep the two. You I, understand the odds game, though? I feel strong. About, I I have a feeling about the number two. You could take three though. Or give me three, three and nine. <laughs> it was two. Oh, <laughs> come on! <laughs> the odds game, though. I know. Fight it. Go against it. Sometimes you got to go against it. Fuck! <laughs> I don't even know what the yeah, fucking point of the number yeah, game is yeah, anymore. Yeah, good odds, too. Fuck either you, Either or neither. It's not all that fun. It's the like, either or neither. Go. I like the theme song to neither or neither. <laughs> that reminds me too much of Matt. Please stop the either or neither. Getting high off of the ether. Please stop the game, stop. 
It's me and Kokomo Joe with that sweet, <laughs> sweet ditty together. Kokomo Joe. <laughs> I bet he's up eating fucking cupcakes right now. Probably. He's like, I'm still an intern. Here, Are Neapolitan pizzas get here yet? Uh, no, the Neapolitan pizzas have not gotten here yet. Hmm. Earl, what's uh, the white man doing calling you giving you shit from the hard rock? <laughs> you gotta get his cracker ass. Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Do it. It's Johnny. Oh, Justice shit, for Trayvon. Shit Earl's he talking when he's off the It's air. fucking Jimmy Crackhorn and I don't care. <laughs> you thought I was working today? I was not working today. How about you fucking let him know when he's working? Hell yeah. <laughs> like I'm fucking working two days a week. Fuck off. I better still get a paycheck for fucking five. His fucking idea right now, he has Earl over there in the hard rock on a swing holding a whole bunch of, monk, of fucking bananas. Oh my God. That's his idea. And I'm like, that's fucking racism. <laughs> Whatever you guys do for the man, right? How's that fucking good, Earl? <laughs> Some guys, some ideas are good. Some ideas. Are I thought bad. you were a proud black man. I am a proud black man. Who's the best example of black people today? You can uh, only pick one. Oprah. <laughs> Blade. <laughs> the Wesley. The name Blade came up. <laughs> vampire. The fucking black vampire is the best. Half vampire, All my right. friend. He's a daywalker. He's a fucking daywalker. <laughs> <laughs> you think Oprah is better? <laughs> Then Obama, right? No, I, I, it's just the first name that popped in my head as far as obviously the president of the of the leader of the free world, yes. Mm. Oprah's just the first name that popped in my head. I would have probably picked Redman or <laughs> Trayvon. <laughs> Redman had Did the you greatest. feel bad with the Trayvon thing? Um was not surprised. Yeah. Not at all. Used to it, right? Um it, Were you it, hopeful that there'd be justice for Trayvon? Yeah, I, I thought the summation was was a great, <laughs> but I just thought the, the case was so the case was bought from jump, and then the yeah. case that they actually brought in the court was worse. So I was yeah. I was it was sad, but I was not shocked. Are you will you will you now refuse ever to play fucking Florida? Are you going to join Stevie Wonder? Um, I've never been to Florida, but I have less reason to go to Florida. It, I'll tell you what Florida's like, Sun City. It's the 1980s, and that's Sun City. What if you get transferred to the Hard Rock, a Hard Rock of Florida? Orlando. Orlando. A couple great ones. The casinos down there too. Yeah, Orlando, was it Orlando? And uh, it up, no state tax, dog. <laughs> By the way, he can go to any of those places and get ten percent, ten percent off a fucking burger. Oh, sick! But they also that cut ten percent off the burger. <laughs> You're not really getting. It just works. You want to play the number game? <laughs> I'll play it again. I mean, for a fucking ten million dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> All right, one between one and nine. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to those any other shitty numbers. I'm going to go right and I'm going five. It's two. Why is this happening to me? Uh, what do you got now? I can I take another one? Yeah, real quick. All right, uh, four. It's four. It's five. Five. <laughs> it seems like there's a pattern going. You're not paying attention. What do you got? I got four. It's still five. Damn it. Try it one more time. I'm gonna go four again. I want to fucking still five. Come on! You're not following I feel the like pattern. I'm getting fucked with this. This is really a game. You're not even fucked. Speaking of Fez, you won your game yet? No, I haven't. Mm. We all we have all lost. Don't worry. 
Either I neither, either I neither, <laughs> either I neither. Fez is going to keep on going until he gets it. It's like a rag of ether. How much closer do you think you are, Fez? I think I'm very close. But no way of knowing, right? No. That's it for us. This is Natasha's favorite singer, Sweet Lou. You would have loved her today, old school New York. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Have you seen it, Earl? No, I have not. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, you love ladies' prison pics, don't you? <laughs> it's only Jack's too. Is that right? No. What are you jacking to these days, Earl? Jacking anything. <laughs> that's fucking. That's problem. Then that's not healthy. You gotta get it out. <laughs> hey, what's your latest jack? <laughs> Twincest. Mm. Mm -hmm. What's your latest jack? It's um. I actually jacked some hentai. <laughs> so gross. Why is it gross? It's cartoon fucking. It's a cartoon, and some cartoon has tentacles and is raping someone. It's nuns. It's Japanese nuns. One more time. Take, take, take. take. All right, fuck the number four. Eight. I'm going to go because I haven't fucking picked eight yet, and I'm right. Eight. It's got to be eight. Five. Cocksucker! <laughs> Why the fuck do you keep picking five? It's just the way it lands. There's a pattern to everything. There's no fucking pattern. It's random. Real quick, do it again. Five. That's five. Eight. We've moved on now. The pattern's changed to eight. <laughs> you know how close you are? <laughs> you know how close you are? Yeah, good, it's though? ten fucking million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Fucking pick guy in one number. Fucking one nines. Ten percent chance. Fuck. It's better than fucking it's ten Powerball. I'll give you one. I'll give. Do it right now between one and three. One, three, two. Oh, it's three. <laughs> you always say one to three. No. no. One to three. Yeah, two. What do you it's, got now? No one. It's one. Three. It's <laughs> Three, real quick, do it. Three, yes, it's three. That's one. <laughs> Remember, it always goes twice to one and back. I, I feel twice. sick. Twice, follow I the pattern. I sick. There is no fucking pattern. pattern. There is Have you won yours yet? No, I haven't yet. But you said it would be easy and fun. It's got to be easier than this fucking guess the number game. <laughs> that fucking game is simple. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for us. Uh, we're storyless, too, so everybody's going to jump on it after today. Grind. Earl, it's great to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Good to be here. <laughs> we should do this more often, dude. I know. I know. We ought to get together. Greek and Greek on Friday. Ow! Uh, we got anything else we need to plug? We got everything out there today? You should check out that Miley Cyrus video, minus the music. It's fucking really trippy. Why wouldn't they take any Miley Cyrus to just turn the music down? <laughs> How long it takes. That's the end of our show, Dunk. Dunk.